Space Ghost! Guess what? What? That's what? <laughs> I'm sorry. There's gonna be like four people who get that maybe in the world, not just listening to our show because hopefully four people listen to our show. By the way, like and, like and subscribe. Subscribe on the YouTubes, please. Subscribe on whatever podcast app you listen to. And hey, yeah. if you have a minute, go and give us a five-star rating. I would Where say do you give the ratings at? Is that the, on a- Apple? Is that an Apple thing? On Apple, you definitely can. You okay. can give ratings on Spotify, too. You can? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So I would say give us a rating and let us know how you think we're doing but if you don't like it don't <laughs> don't give do us a sh- smaller rating just if you subscribe. don't like it give us a five-star rating and tell us what you don't like about it and we might read it but tell us privately yeah like email us or something or oh, yeah, i'll just say too. i'll just say what pat mcafee says he says go give us a five-star review if you like the show if you don't like it, just pretend it never happened. Yeah, exactly. Go on your merry way. <laughs> yeah. If you and ain't got nothing nice to say, don't say nothing at all. Yeah. And you don't know what? Don't say nothing? Yeah. Don't. That's a double negative. But I said ain't got nothing nice, so it's a quadruple negative, so the double cancels the double, and it's just Wouldn't a positive. would a quadruple still reverse yeah. it? I, I th- think you need an odd number of negatives. Like and subscribe. Maybe I should just subliminally... We'll just throw that oh, like gosh. underneath things. Just like and subscribe. Yeah, but it'll be, it'll be like underneath things, or we say it backwards. Isn't backwards masking? Remember when that our Do it parents were like scared of that? Say it backwards. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> subscribe. That would be like subscribe. Beerskis. Beerskis. This was a crazy week. <laughs> It was nuts. And here Big we are talking stuff. about backwards masking. Russell Wilson, what? Bobby Wagner, baseball is back. We have a Gatorade Washington State Player of Ooh, the Year yes. from Twin Harbors. Let's go. Let's get it going. The two-minute drill. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Hello. Gotta hurry, gotta hurry, gotta hurry. Hey, two-minute situation. 44 seconds. Hand the ball to wrap. Gun duel right, gun duel right. Three jet buckeye. Don't worry. Three. The two-minute drill starts now. Atlanta Falcons wide receiver Calvin Ridley has been suspended by the NFL for a full season for gambling on NFL games in November while he was away from the team tending to his mental well-being. Daniel, was this punishment too harsh? Gambling while in a league is kind of one of those things that is vaulted up as like the biggest no-no, right? It's a no-no. So, I mean, Pete Rose is still not in the Hall of Fame, even though being, like, the greatest hitter of all time because of gambling on his sport. So I'm going to say, I don't know what the rules should be, like, morally on this, since he wasn't playing in the games. He also wasn't betting specifically on his team. Well, he only bet for his team to win. But also, he wasn't playing. Yeah. So... I'm not sure where this lands morally on if you should be able to or not, but it's kind of understood. Like, this is a big no-no, so I don't feel like he should be too surprised about it. Former Seahawks corner Richard Sherman said on his podcast this week that he, th- or last week, excuse me, that he thinks that Seattle will... says asked week. I know, I was Sorry. confused. Typo on my part. Yeah, uh, they, the Seahawks will go after Deshaun Watson to replace recently traded quarterback Russell Wilson. Andrew... 
Would you like Pete Carroll and John to pursue a trade for Watson? Or do you think that Richard Sherman is just trying to make out the Seahawks as the most scummy organization as possible? Don't care about Richard Sherman. Don't want Watson. <laughs> oh, Am I supposed to read a question? No, you were supposed oh, to good. answer that question. Many yeah. media goofballs <laughs> yes. have been comparing the recently teamed up James Harden and Joel Embiid to the dynamic Lakers duo of Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant. Daniel, what are the chances that the 76ers duo could be the next Shaq and Kobe? This is the dumbest take I've Maybe the dumbest take I've ever heard. Like, this is up there. This is real bad. It's a little quick. Five games in. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you think? Also, Joel Embiid, not Shaq. James Harden might be the most opposite star basketball player to Kobe Bryant possible when you think of (laughs) pure work ethic and determination. Like, I hate Kobe, but that guy never turned off. Also, it's a sports hate, right? Yeah. Yeah. James Harden never turns on. Like... If he can't throw up 50 without just chucking up bad shots, then he doesn't really care. He's going to go party <laughs> afterwards. Like, he, the dude doesn't care. So, no. This is... No. Shaq thinks so, too. Shaq was much more flamboyant with it. Should, should I read the Shaq yeah, quote? Yeah, read the Shaq quote. Uh, I was going to try and do a Shaq voice, but I feel like that that just won't go well. He says, no. We won three out of four. No. No. Hell No. Not after one year. Me and Kobe had eight years of damage together. No, not even close. Stop it. Listen. No. H no. And F no. <laughs> Good for him. Tell us how you really feel. Yeah, Jack. right? Is it my turn? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> after Texas State closer Tristan Stivers, by the way, Texas... State, oh, I, I got this one confused. Okay. Texas State closer Tristan Stivers sealed a 6 4 upset of number one Texas with a strikeout on Wednesday night. Stivers threw the horns down gesture at the Longhorns. It's so offensive. The Big 12 has outlawed that gesture. What? <laughs> they literally did. The they Big said 12? they were going to punish players who did it. The Big 12? Yes. Did? In conference football games last year. Justin, is an upside-down hand gesture gamesmanship or poor sportsmanship? It's all of the best things you can do. And after I've listened, so I I listened to a Miami-based podcast. And the other thing that happens is Miami does the U. Yeah. And many Tar Heels players have loved to put the U upside down. That gets Miami fans undies (laughs) in a bunch more than anything ever. It's like, don't mess with our hand gesture. How about don't have a stupid hand gesture if you don't want people to mess with it? Right? Deal with it. You lost. <laughs> what? Sorry, I'm distracted trying to get the, didn't, the show Twittered and stuff. Didn't oh, the, the Horn Frogs, Texas Christian had a weird hand gesture too. Something. Like, so would, would Oregon fans get real upset if you did this? Like, should I just start walking you around? You made a heart. Like, well, yeah, an, up, an upside down O is just an O. I know, but they always go. <laughs> That's like, why it's perfect for Oregon fans. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to do it. I'll tell you what, down. Oregon fans. <laughs> I'll give you an upside down hand gesture. Uh-oh. Don't do it. It's going to be a different one. <laughs> Which would work great because that kind of looks like a beaver tooth. <laughs> a, single, a single beaver tooth. That should just be 
The hand gesture Oregon State does. <laughs> there we go. Beaver tooth. Then if you do it upside down, nobody would know anyway. That's true. They would just say, you're flipping the bird. Which well, would also work great because you're flipping the bird, which is flipping a duck, and that sounds good too. So I think this... Uh, is that not the stupidest thing you've ever heard? The Big so 12. I had no idea the Big 12 outlawed that. That think, is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. I think they, You can't do a hand gesture yeah. that's not offensive to anybody except for weird people who get way too offended about them on their team. What? I think they hid behind the veil of... That's like we're saying this to, should be... Like, you can't do an L sign. They yeah. might get offended. Just like any time they want to take fun and gamesmanship away, they hid behind the veil of, we're just trying to prevent escalation and fights. Oh, give me a break. Here's the thing, though. Student sections aren't allowed to chant airball anymore. That might escalate things. How, like, how dominant do you have to be for the rest of your conference to invent a hand gesture to insult you? Like, you shouldn't be, like... Why? Yeah. Why? Why are you? Let, you're you're already living rent free in everybody's heads. Exactly. At that point. Yes. Like, just take it as a win. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but if you're not allowed to do that hand gesture, then your star player shouldn't be able to bat flip like an absolute boss while he's hitting <laughs> dingers. Like, did you see that video the yes, other day? I did. That bat flip was legit. So that was a Texas player. Yeah. And it, it was so they were playing a series, right? I and think it was so. the. Texas won a game yeah. on a walk-off hit, yeah. massive bat flip, yeah. and so that was the game that immediately preceded the upset where Texas yeah. State did the upside-down yeah. horn. I don't even think they won the game on that bat flip. That was just a homer. I think they're oh, okay. already up by two, and he hits it, and massive bat flip. And actually, if you want to get into bat flips, that one might be considered dangerous because he kind of flipped it towards the pitcher. Like, it was a dope bat flip. But it kind of went in the direction of the pitcher, so I could see that like causing some stir. But nobody really had that big of a reaction to it, except for well, that was a good one. But yeah. if you can't if you can't throw the horns down, then your star player can't be doing bat flips like that. Agreed. Stupid. How mm. dare anyone show emotion while playing a sport? Exactly. Especially Texas State, which I've or never even seen a sport. Did you even know that Texas State was a school? I. There, is there's probably way I'm more sorry, than one if, Texas State. I'm sorry, if Texas State beats Texas in anything, I don't care if Texas <laughs> is ranked number one, they should be able to celebrate in almost any way possible. They should be able to celebrate <laughs> by punching the other team's cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Daniel just said. Any, any way they want. Any that is way possible. I mean, that is a way. So yeah, you're... That was a poor statement on my behalf. <laughs> you could definitely run way too far down that rabbit hole. It's great hole. because I'm the one who said it, but I still blamed you. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, Nice shirt, by the way. Thank you. I'm repping Boise State. This yes. is my Sam... Let's see if you can see it. There uh, you go. Yeah. 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 This is my Sam Winter jersey. Sam hey. Winter, Montesano alum. League champion Sam Winter. Yeah. Is it league or division? Co- uh, conference. Conference champion. Conference, conference champion. champion. So he will be in the dance. Let's go. With Boise State. So Let's I figured succeed. this was a good uh, a good day to wear this. Absolutely. We will get more into the dance and who Boise State is playing later on in the show. So make sure you like and subscribe. I mean, stick around for the rest of the episode, but also like and subscribe. Now it is time for Justin slash my favorite part of the show. Serving questions up on a silver platter where the points are made up and the rules don't matter. Time for Stump. Justin. Oh, what? Wow, there's some crazy twist. All right. So 
Justin. Yep. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Yep. Uh, he is not ready. He is looking. As, I was at, looking for Boise State on the bracket, the bracket and I can't find it. Is not ready at all. <laughs> I'm ready. I was born ready. Why are we stumping me today? <laughs> uh, I assume this happened. You know what, Steve? Steve just tagged me along with like 99 other people in some post on Facebook. I don't like it when Steve tags me and things oh, like I that. Think it's, I think it, they're it's doing probably a, a fundraiser. Yeah, for they're doing like a bracket fundraiser. Is it to fundraise money things? Probably. Then I don't want to do it. <laughs> You're a hater, You were Homer. such a huge money fan last week. I, yes. I was. So Steve was a week late. Yep. <laughs> and also the wrong program. I don't look at this dang bracket three times. Why can't I find Boise State? You still can't there find Boise State? Found them. They're an eight seed playing Memphis. What what West Region? West Region? Uh, West Region. Okay, I see. Oh, it. I know why I couldn't find it because they abbreviated state to ST. That's, <laughs> what, that's what it was. Okay, it's time for Stump Justin. Stump Justin. Now, I was kind of hoping I could give you a little misdirection and you'd forget. Yes. No. Nope. Is this segment brought to you by the Law Office of Jeffrey A. Domashevich? It is. Like and subscribe. Brought to you by <laughs> the Law Office of Jeffrey A. Domashevich. Are you ready, Justin? You have seven questions here. I don't know the difficulty rankings of this. I just am. I'm just the conduit. Okay. I'm assuming you ticked off Francis at some point, like repeatedly every and, day. Yeah. So this comes from Francis. Okay. Uh, you can judge at which point he sent me these because he sent me these originally a while ago. Yeah. And so def- it's probably after some big loss by North Carolina during the regular season. Okay. But it's definitely not after their recent big loss to Virginia Tech. Okay. I just wanted to remind I you think that it was after a, Yeah, I, I remember when they were Okay. All right. So, question one. You have seven questions. Okay. You don't want to end up in the dookie zone. No. Okay. Question number one. Name the last four win... Eight-loss ACTC team to beat North Carolina. So this this shows when it was. The last four-win, eight-loss ACC team to beat North Carolina. Four-win, eight-loss? Yeah. So that's very specific. <laughs> it's very specific. And as think, I think run, like a month ago, month and a half ago probably. As I run through the different... ACC teams that beat North Carolina this year. That were terrible, apparently. Four win, eight loss. Jeez, that's almost as bad as my Beavers. No, it's not. (laughs) They're miserable. It's got to be Pittsburgh. Ding, ding, ding. That is correct. I thought they were worse than that. I'm going to be honest. I thought that was a terrible loss. It was a really bad day. So, Justin's got one right here. Okay. Okay. Well done. Question number two. What was the largest margin of victory for Pitt over NC in basketball? There's a hint for this one. What's the hint? (laughs) It wasn't the nine-point victory for the Mighty Panthers this week. The largest margin of victory. Whenever week that was. It was like a month ago. Okay, so the largest margin of victory. For the Panthers over North Carolina. In history. In history. He's really uh, going hard. I'm going to say it was 27. Oh, you do not have enough confidence in your team. It was 14 points. Oh, wow. In January of 2020. Or 1920. He didn't say. It just says 20. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Maybe 1820. You're one for one. Or one, one for two. Okay. 
Question number three. Is going eight for 29 field goal percentage. It's not actually field goal percentage. Is going eight for 29 from the field in the first half of a regular season ACC game good? Uh, <laughs> no, that it is seems not. Like a very subjective question. <laughs> I would say it's bad. <laughs> the answer is. <laughs> The answer is, I'm not certain, as I'm a disc golf guy. Just thought rice was better than beans. Dama, what's his sh name should be reminded of how awful that sounds. For context, <laughs> because people are probably wondering what happened here. North I really Carolina, needed to do this right when this discussion happened. North Carolina had a really bad loss to Pittsburgh. Coming off of, like, a really good stretch of conference wins. Yes. Going up against Pittsburgh at home. Pittsburgh's terrible. North Carolina's undefeated at home. Yeah. They they get... I mean, it was a nine-point loss, but it was a non-competitive nine-point loss. They kind of closed the gap at the are end. Are there competitive yeah. nine-point losses? That seems like a... The, yeah, there are. Okay. There are. Okay. Because... The, and I would say that because, like, the Montesano Bulldogs, as you just mentioned... A team that I was recently a fan of, but Steve waited too long. Uh, they lost by eight, and that was a really competitive game because okay. within, like, two minutes, they were down by three, and then the other team hit a three, and so then that's just a two-possession game, and then the other team hit some free throws at the end. Okay, so, I got you. So yeah. it was like, it gets that, like, you, those last few points yeah. show up right at the end. That can, and, but also you can be on the opposite side where you're down by, like, 16, and then you have a couple players just bomb threes and make a couple in the last, like, 20 seconds. A few good players foul out, at, like, with the 30 seconds left. Yeah, something weird <laughs> like that. So I'm trying All to right. think of what it was that happened around this time that well, made is mad at me, but, he, like, there, <laughs> since now it's a few weeks ago, yeah. and I do things to make him mad like on a daily four basis. times a week <laughs> well you must have i think you made him mad last week too because he started resending me all these questions yeah. like he in our text thread with him he started like emphasizing them like hey make sure you don't forget about these uh i i really like that answer though just thought rice is better than beans damish what's his name should be reminded of how awful that sounds so that was also around our discussion where you guys said that rice was better than beans and chili yeah which I'm with Francis is incorrect. Uh, okay, now it gets a little bit off of the Pittsburgh loss specific here. Okay, okay. question number four. So you one agree for three with the Mariano Rivera love, and I got that one right <laughs> because eight for twenty nine from the field in the first half is bad. Is bad. Yes. Right. So I'm so two, so you're two, two for three. Two okay. for three. You're two for three. Okay. All right. Question number four. Who is fourteenth on North Carolina's men's basketball all time scoring list? What? Fourteen? No, actually, you should know this. Specifically, that's uh, the kind of 14. thing that any any fan of a team should know right off the top of their head. You're right. All time scoring. I list. should be embarrassed yep. yeah. if I don't know. This. Outside the top fourteen or top ten. Top twenty. I feel like you should know the top twenty. <laughs> I don't. It's got to really be... care about your team. Come on, dude. It's got to be <laughs> obviously Rasheed Wallace. You're. You did not. You did not carefully assess your risk your risk assessment here. Okay. <laughs> what would be the most embarrassing player for you to not know from North Carolina? Michael Jordan? Yes. 
risk assessment, man. Daniel, Daniel has gotten good at this risk assessment. Thing. I don't know because sometimes he messes with his head so much that he guesses the other thing. True, but, but you have I, gotten a lot better. I at usually it, get the less embarrassing That's thing. That's true. So yeah. yes, Michael Jordan. Question number five. You're two for four. Who is 78th on the ACC's men's basketball all-time scoring list? Rasheed Wallace. <laughs> you did that on purpose. <laughs> It is also Michael Jordan. Dang it! I'm terrible at this. Now is where Francis gets more into opinion. These are great. Question number six. You're two for five, by the way, but you did that last one on purpose, so I'm not sure how I feel about that. Question number six. If you can't crack the top ten on your own school's all-time scoring list and are 53 spots outside the top 25 in the history of your conference, can you really be the GOAT? Yes. Answer. I think he is. Just surprised he was so average in college. Yes, got it. <laughs> so even with the opinion, you got that one right. So you're three for six. Justin. Michael Jordan played on college teams with other incredible players. So that's what I was wondering. Like, how is he that far down the line? Because I was a little surprised yeah. with these numbers, well, too. Well, he also didn't stay four years. He only stayed three. Ah, uh, that also would But he it. played with James Worthy. Mm-hmm. So okay, he wasn't yep. the he wasn't the primary scorer, scorer, and he didn't really like completely emerge until his third year. Okay, gotcha. Which might make me feel better as a Blazers fan, but it doesn't. I wasn't gonna bring that up. <sighs> I, sh oh. I was gonna say he wasn't even great enough for the Blazers to choose to pick him over Sam Bowie, but I'm not gonna say it. Like not gonna say. It. <laughs> All right. Uh, I think this is the last question. Yes. Okay. This is, so you have to get this one right to finish better than 50%. Got it. You ready? Yes. Okay. Oh, he says, P.S. If his airness was a dookie, he'd be sitting in 20th, two spots ahead of Bobby Hurley, and four spots ahead of Cherokee Parks. So, apparently dookies score more. The North Carolina players all time. Okay. All right. Question number seven. What was the largest margin of victory for... Oh, this must be an added one. Okay. For the VT Hokies over NC Men's Basketball. This is some fascinating stuff. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna put... The, I'm going to give you a range on this one because knowing the exact margin of victory mm -hmm. would be kind of ridiculous. Okay. Although they might have brought this up in a recent broadcast where, I don't know, maybe the Hokies beat the Carolina Tar Heels. And when the Tar Heels lose, there's like a collective agreement that we just don't talk about it. Is there? No. I don't think so. I'm pretty sure there's a collective agreement that, that we bring it up. Yeah, I think Okay, that's so agreement. was it the largest margin of victory for the Hokies? Was it 20 to 30 points? 10 to 20 points? Or five to ten points. Largest margin of victory for the Hokies over the NC men's basketball team. Twenty to thirty. That is incorrect. So you lose. You're in the Hokie zone. You're not quite in the Dookie zone. I'm gonna put you in the Hokie zone. What the Hokies are doing really well. Yeah, but Justin doesn't want to be there. I don't really want to be there, but on Saturday they were my. So favorite. the answer, this answer, this answer is they kind of. They made Duke fans cry. That's kind of awesome. Um, also, what kind of hat was that person wearing in that? Like, what is wrong with Duke people? Dude. That looked like they were wearing, like, 
a tea cozy as a hat or something. Duke fans are weird. I like that you know what a tea cozy is. <laughs> Do I? I don't know. I was just trying to describe something weird. Okay, so the answer is 18 points. So that was in the 10 to 20 range. On February 20th, 103 years ago, in 1919, the Hokies beat the Tar Heels. Get this. 32-14. to 14. Oh, I forgot about that game. Right? He says, bit of a regression from their first all-time meeting in 1912 when the Hokies were again victorious 37-28. to 28. But at least it seems... Right? But at least it seems someone in Carolina Blue showed up for the second half of that game. It is interesting to think about how much... Basketball the game teams. changed, yeah. especially like at North Carolina back in the day. They used to run a four corners offense. Like they were trying to slow the game down. And oh, that was before the shot clock. Scores right? would be in yes. the teens and the twenties when there was no shot clock. Yeah. And now the Tar Heels held Virginia to thirteen points in a half. And I got to explain to my son as we were watching this game. <laughs> The reason that that says in the shot clock era is because the Tar Heels used to play a painstakingly slow style of basketball where they would literally stand in four corners of half court and pass the ball to each other to try to wear the defense out until they could get a good look. And it yeah. would be minutes at a time. Yeah. And I got to tell you, um, when Oregon State was at its glory of competitive NCAA basketball, which they, when they were actually like a really solid program, they also slowed the slowed the game to a crawl. Ever since the shot clock, it's kind of been... Sounds awful to it's, watch. It's been kind of tough. I'm glad players. that I've only mostly been around for the shot clock era. Yeah. You know what's <laughs> weird? High school basketball and boys basketball is... Oh, we can, we can stop the music, by the way. Oh. Justin okay, finishes okay. in the hokey zone, gets three of the four answers correct... Even some of the subjective answers <laughs> from Francis there. Uh, high school basketball that, is... That was Stump Justin brought to you by the law office of Jeff, Jeffrey A. Domashevitz. Yes. Like I maintain subscribe. this like segment is always better like and subscribe. when we stump Daniel. Like and subscribe. You know, I enjoy both. Like and yeah. subscribe. <laughs> yeah. It's fun. It's a, it's a good time either way, I think. Yeah. It's a good time either way. Anyway, my quick thought here is high school basketball. Okay, let's. So I didn't play with a shot clock mm-hmm. in two, and I graduated in two thousand seven. How come you guys didn't play the four corners? Because we like to dominate people. We put up ninety points without a shot clock. Wow! In one game, our state championship team did it multiple times. They like to score. Scoring was fun. But our state championship team, when they were juniors, so the year they took third at state, there was a team, I believe it was Woodland? Might have been LeCenter. Woodland or LeCenter. They wasted the clock out. So the final score was like in the 20s. Both teams were in the 20s. And Jeff Nimi had to hit a half-court shot at the buzzer to win the game. In dis- in the district tournament, and that team was stacked. But the other team was like, look, we can't keep up. We're literally just going to hold the ball the entire game to keep it close. And it worked because they had no business keeping up with that team. But Nimi hit a half-court shot and saved the season. So it's a strategy until you input in the shot clock, and then all of a sudden it kind of wipes that out. It's interesting. I like the shot clock. I, I think- wish it was lower. 
I think the shot clock's I think good. We should have a fifteen-second shot. Clock. I remember being really frustrated. The only time I've been frustrated when I played with a shot without having a shot clock was when we played Lyndon Christian. Lyndon Christian, oh. and it was in the first round of state, and they the had Lyndon Christian links, links spelled with a CS instead of an X. They don't know how to spell links. Yeah, it's it a, is a cat, they're Dutch. Though. They're Dutch. It is a cat. It is a cat. Okay. Yes. Oh, um, I maybe it was something odd. I like how I can bring almost anything into story time of Daniel Sports. But the Me most... Too. I need to get a glory days cut. Yes. Yes, we do. <laughs> the most I got to play in the state tournament that year was against Lyndon Christian because we were down by like 20. Because they had a freaking 6'8 guard who went on to play for Portland State, which ended up going to the NCAA tournament one of the years while he was there. Um, Kyle Costin. I remember that name way too well. Anyway, so <laughs> he uh, dominated, and we were down by a lot, so that meant the subs got to come in. But there wasn't a shot clock, so what did Lyndon Christian do? They ran a four-corners motion offense where they just passed the ball around. So here's me in the game just chasing somebody for like an hour is what it felt like. Never, I think we got like one or two possessions for like the last three minutes because they just... Because they were trying not to rub it in. Yeah, good, but it was worse. It man. was worse though. Like that's it's what the patronizing. Shot, it is. It's patronizing and also like I get it, but the subs are in. We want to try and score, and instead we were just running our butts off. It was humiliating. And then you were all just buttless. No butts. I didn't have much of a butt. No nuts, no butts, no coconuts, or something like that. I have breaking what? news. <gasps> breaking news. Tom what Brady announces he is returning uh, for the 2022 season. Wait, what? Wait, what? Did you just get tricked by the internet? Uh, oh, nope. Somebody else says it too. Oh, well, Yahoo says it. Did he say he's coming back to the Bucks or he's going to ask for them to release I, him? That's literally all I know. It says he's returning to Tampa. The Yahoo Sports says he's returning to the Bucks. But he's still probably going to ask for a trade. Yeah. Uh, are you saying that just based on chaos or. Yeah. Okay, I, I thought maybe you knew something like the Bucks just weren't going to be no, set up. No, no, to just, well, I wondered because. The Bucks, the one of the big things from last year over this year was they returned everybody. Yeah. But now they're in a salary cap position where they're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. And also, there's been an insane amount of reporting on the fact that Brady and Arians hate each other. Were not seeing eye to eye. Yeah. And that relationship had soured. Yep. So all the like, um, Florio was mm. reporting. This is why we I asked you this question last week about. Yeah. Um, Brady going to San Francisco because Mike Florio said he thinks Brady's coming back, but he's not going to play for the Bucks, and he wants to play for San Francisco. So there's a very <laughs> real possibility so now that Brady comes back, but never plays for the Buccaneers again. Do you think that Wilson knew in advance and <laughs> ran away? <laughs> yes. So here's the thing. As much yeah, as I love Russell Wilson, this yet at, Russell Wilson are we, left. Are we? Is this that? Yeah, Wait, we are happened? to this part in the show. What this happened? this this is a great segue because we're to that part I'm of the sorry. show. <laughs> I literally was like five stages of grief on this thing. I literally was in denial when I first heard that Russell Wilson got traded. I'm like, nope, that's not true. That's fake news. Foos. Uh, information. So if Brady comes, then Wilson. See, here's the thing. <sighs> Justin He's totally Brett Farving. <laughs> yes. That makes me happy. Justin, 
I know that this won't affect you this way because you are a player first fan in general, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would say besides North Carolina, but as a school, you always get new players. Mm-hmm. So it's much easier to not, you know, I mean, you love a player and then they leave. That's just what college sports is. How soon before I can start saying bad things about Russell Wilson? Because you can now. So he's a I little mean, baby who tried to run away from Tom Brady coming from the NFC West. Well, maybe, but it, that's I not called him a liar that. a few weeks ago. I mean, this isn't that much of a leap. I have Tom Brady's announcement on Twitter here. He says these past two. This is 34 minutes ago. He says these past two months, I've realized my place is still on the field and not in the stands. That time will come, but it's not now. <laughs> I love my teammates, and I love my supportive family. They make it all possible. I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. Unfinished business, LFG. So he's saying in Tampa, though. Uh, He says, I'm coming back for my 23rd season in Tampa. In Tampa. Well, Russell Wilson said that he didn't want to get traded. And yeah. John and, and John, John Schneider said and they didn't intend on and trading they didn't him. Trade him. And what happened? They both both sides of that said, "Nope, we're not going to do this." Whoop! There he goes. I think both sides very clearly left open the possibility that it could happen without saying that they wanted it to happen. Though it's true. Like to be fair to both sides of that, and both sides. Russ were- was like, "I want to stay here." But I don't know where I'll be a year to year kind of thing. Yeah, which is such bullcrap. Like, John let's like, read between the lines like, on we're this. We're listening to calls, but let's, we're not trying to trade him. You're right. They both left it open. Left it open. Let's cut through the bullcrap. Just speaking without saying anything. Noise there. That's the. I'm having a hard time not swearing when I talk about anything with that situation. But that's a load of bullcrap. So do I take it that you're not a Broncos fan now? No. No, I'm not a Broncos Justin fan. Because Justin is wearing Broncos colors. That's true. He is. I, I <laughs> and am. they are the Broncos. Yeah. Boise State is the Broncos. <laughs> Happy accident. <laughs> is it an accident? I ordered like, this shirt before Russ got traded. <laughs> Russell Wilson obviously wanted out. So him saying that was a load of trash. Otherwise, he doesn't go. Because there's no way Russell Wilson fully invested in the Seahawks is traded by John and Pete. And there's no way they say all the things of, oh, we don't want to trade him and then trade him if they didn't actually want to trade him. So that's a load of crap as well. So this is the second time in three weeks I'm calling Russell Wilson a liar. And now I'm adding Pete and John into it. Because guess what? If you don't want to trade him, you don't have to. Nobody had a gun to your head saying you better trade him. Do we know that for sure? <laughs> well, we weren't there. I wasn't there. Okay. I guess that's a possibility. It seems a little <laughs> outlandish. I doubt that happened. I doubt Russell or his agent came in guns a-blazing, firing off shots, not killing guns a-blazing. We said gun to their head, not that they fired okay. shots. Okay. I was just picturing that scene from... From Archer. Anybody else watch Archer? No. no. Where that guy gets shot. And he's the guy who always gets shot. At least yeah. he died doing the thing that Brett? he loved. Getting shot. Is yeah, Brett. Brett? Yeah. <laughs> it was Brett. Archer is probably the best show. It's the best worst created. show. It's, it's the, the best worst animated show. Animated. Because it's such a animated. terrible show, but it's hilarious. What's a better uh, non-animated show? Arrested Development. Well, Archer's I mean, real good, though. It is. You like Arrested Development over The Office first... and Parks and Rec? Oh, uh, mm. I like Parks and Rec quite a lot. I think I enjoy Parks and Rec more, but I don't know that I could argue that it is better. 
Okay. I I office is a bit down for the list for me. No offense. I know you love it. <sighs> I I dislike the. We disagree on a. <laughs> Enormous <laughs> amount of things. I I dislike the the type of humor of the office a bit. So there's the office is hilarious. There are more parts in the office that I dislike and make me feel uncomfortable and just not like to watch than there are a show. That, there are too many of those for me to really love that show. I love. I I enjoy. It, I think but. there's that side for me, and also the tinge of. The more I watched it, the more there wasn't somebody that I could wholeheartedly be like, they make the right decision almost every oh, time. Yeah, and when yeah, they yeah. don't, I'm surprised by it. They like don't, They don't give you that. Yeah. The more and more the show goes on, the more you expect them all to kind of be s- kind of skeezy. Deceitful. Yes. Yeah. And I don't like repeatedly. that. Repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying I that. I think that's why they introduced Aaron to the show at some point. Yeah. But she was... L- Late arriving and also not a main focal point, yeah. but she was the one who like never really did anything that, you know. Yeah, true. Um, Andrew's got a big eyes face. The Vikings Andrew's signed the Vikings signed Kirk Cousins to a one year, thirty five million, fully guaranteed extension. That dude, that guy has parlayed more money he, out of mediocre talent a, than I have ever seen. That's got to be a that's got to be a, a salary cap thing. I think his cap hit this year was supposed to be massive, so they probably restructured it to... Seriously, has he made more money than Russell Wilson? <laughs> like, it's got to be close. I, You know what? I and respect it, the heck out of it, though, because most guys won't... Most guys don't want to go to free agency and risk that... And he's bet like, on himself lame every duck time. year, yeah. and, and he's it's worked for him. I mean, off the field, on the oh. field... But if I if you don't believe that your team is ready to what didn't he start in Washington? Yeah. So, but he was I don't drafted the same year as wanting to. He was to drafted in the same year as Robert Griffin the third. They were both drafted to Washington the same were year. They really wow. Yeah. And they were like, oh, Kirk Cousins so was drafted to be a backup as Wilson. Yeah, yeah, yep. So, so good for him. Emotionally getting out of Washington. And I swore a lot and cried a lot. I'm not sure if I actually cried, but I felt like I should cry when Russell Wilson was traded. Like, I literally didn't know how to react. What was your first emotional reaction to Russell Wilson traded? Uh, Did you just instantly go, I'm a Broncos fan now, and we're happy? Or were you, like, emotional about it? If I'm being completely honest, like, there's always going to be a tinge of sadness over the fact that this guy who I love was just in my backyard and he got to be on a team that was my regional team and yeah. we got to root for him and that's great. Notice he didn't say his team. He just, no. Regional, regional team. team. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the well, team, that's fine. That's the how team Justin that plays operates. in my yeah. region. I have learned to accept this. I am no longer upset with Justin about his faulty beliefs. I just accept him for who he is. <laughs> Hold on. Um, your soapbox is kind of in the way of you know, where you're standing I there. Um, but Maybe I need to get onto it. <laughs> <laughs> like there is that tinge of like, oh, that really sucks that Russ is no longer going to be playing in Seattle. Yeah. But I was mostly relieved because my biggest fear was that he was going to go to a team that I can't root for. Ooh. So LeBron okay. has already done this to me. Yes. By going to the Lakers. <laughs> yep. And I fought through that. And I can and still root a for him. Fan. I can still root for him, but it's not easy. Yeah. 
And he just continues to make things more and more difficult on me to root for him. Yes. By sometimes the things he says and the way he acts and the things he does. But I'm I'm with him. I'm still there. I'm loyal. I like it. He found something to be loyal to. I thought, my first thought was like, oh, Russ has traded. That really sucks. And I was like, oh, God, at least they didn't trade him to the Steelers. Oh, that would have been abysmal because that would have been a Lakers situation for me yeah. like how can do I love Russ enough to root for him there but now not only does he go to a team that I've rooted for before I rooted for him when Peyton Manning was there that's a good point when I was about 12 my grandpa lived in Colorado and was a huge Broncos fan and when they won back-to-back Super Bowls he bought me a buttload of Broncos stuff so I actually have a Broncos jacket from when I was a kid and my son wore it to church this morning <laughs> Convenient. So I'm like, and then on top of that, Javante Williams is there. Yep. yep. He's my favorite player from the Tar Heels from their great team uh, two seasons ago. Yep. So I'm like, okay. I was relieved. I'm not, I wasn't happy about it, but I was relieved. And that probably makes me sound terrible in a lot of ways, but it's fine. No, that is, that absolutely, with your style of fanhood, that is absolutely like almost the best possible situation for you it really is with oh, my but, style of fanhood i wanted to break things and then yeah. i started getting upset with the player which is frustrating because well not upset with the player i got upset with both sides and to be honest more with the ownership side now that i actually think about it because in my mind a franchise quarterback is harder to find than anything else in sports including a franchise coach so I will side sure about that. with the coach every time. You'll side with the coach or the quarterback? the quarterback? I mean the quarterback. I'm not saying that it should happen. I'm saying that that is what precedent has told us They're both happen. really hard to find, but how many franchise coaches are there in the NFL right how now? How many franchise coaches would be franchise coaches without getting lucky on what quarterback they have? That's a valid so argument. To me, it's hard but because I, I can't just go Russ versus Pete. Because you might look at Pete and be like, okay, well, the entire time he's been successful in the NFL, he had Russ. But you also have John. You have Schneider, too, and he's your GM, and he's a lot younger, and I think projects to be here a lot longer. And even though he had a pretty rough stretch of drafts, he's been a lot better the last few years in getting guys like uh, DK Metcalf and Jordan Brooks and guys that have been able to contribute. And I I think you have to figure, like... In your mind, it's like, okay, if you're just choosing between Pete and Russ, I get it. Like, there's relationship issues there. But John is kind of linked to Pete. So you're like, we're going to go through an entire regime change in the front office and all the leadership of our coaching staff, which... Yes. You would do that. I would do that before getting rid of a star quarterback. I want the Seahawks to be good. And I believe Russell Wilson is that star quarterback. I know some people don't. Some people are like, oh, yeah, it wasn't that good anyway. I mean, look at last year. Those people were not paying attention with a level of... Those people were not paying attention with a level of intelligence that lets you separate facts from emotions. You You can be emotional, but also be able to analyze things without those emotions. Or on a level of research that lets you know oh this is actually what he did when he was healthy last year yeah and comparing that to the rest of his years yeah which was really freaking good which we did on this show so we did like and subscribe 
I disagree <laughs> with you, Daniel. That okay. Coaches are are easier to find than the quarterback. Okay. But I will argue this I with you. I also believe that quarterbacks are incredibly hard to find. And so what what is disappointing to me, I believe that a, the coach needs to make it work when, when he has a really, really talented quarterback. Yes. And I think we've seen over the last like four years that that's not going to happen here. Yes. And that has been very frustrating. That part is incredibly frustrating to me to the point where the news that Russell Wilson was traded, it was shocking. I was shocked because I didn't expect it at all. Yeah. But it almost feels like a better, better than the alternative, which to me was what I expected to see was four or five or six more years of mediocrity. Of mediocrity At, with reports with a of really good quarterback. Reports of inside backbiting between yeah. the quarterback and the yeah. coach. Yeah. So it might be better than that, but that's like the worst <laughs> case scenario. Yes. Of the but situation. If you're going with the backbiting reports and that the, wasn't just issues in the relationship between Russ and Pete. It's issues in the relationship between Russ and other players on the team. Possibly. Because also. there's been a lot of there's been a lot of reporting that a lot of the guys have felt Bobby Wagner tweeted Sherman was a prophet. Talking about how phony Russ was in the day back in that time when I think most people were thought, still all on board with, you know, Russ is the ultimate about? good guy. I don't know. I thought, That's the way it was framed when I when I heard about it. Okay, so what? But but he the the larger quoted, issue he quoted he could also be Sherman talking, about Pete talking there. he quoted Sherman saying that you either the Batman quote you uh you die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain and he said he's a prophet. Okay, so so that could be on Pete. Could be because remember he didn't like Pete either. And so could we and both? Wagner just was. Yesterday, I think was was tweeting that he didn't that he. It sounds like he did not hear the news that he was being let go from the head office. Believe them or not, the reports, unsourced or uh, anonymous source reports about Russ having strained relationships with a lot of teammates or teammates not trusting him or thinking he was phony or a prima donna or whatever, those have existed for the entire oh, yeah, time. Absolutely. Yes, yes. Absolutely. mainly from the defense. Yeah. Because you talk yeah. to DK Metcalf and he goes, Possibly from, thank you for it, teaching me how to swim and taking honestly, me under your wing. Possibly from Baldwin too, do you guys, Baldwin, yeah. Somewhat. Yeah. Do you guys remember um, like way, way back in the day when we had an interview with Clint Gresham? Yeah. Who was the long snapper for the Seahawks when they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He was a guy who... Um, like big time God guy yeah. went to the big city church or whatever it was yep. in Seattle, and a couple other teammates went there with him. Yeah, well, and I've listened, with him I, I've listened to was, him speak too. He was speaking at your church, yeah. right, Justin? Yes. Yeah. So I well, I interviewed him like in a like a little dark room in in our church at that point, like in a secret meeting. Why was it dark? I interviewed him. Um, why, well, why can't I have secret meetings? Andrew has a secret wedding. Why can't I have secret meetings? Well, I didn't say, you say anything about secret. secret wedding. <laughs> I didn't say anything about it being secret. It I wanted secret. to know why it was dark. Because it was a secret. But why is it dark? <laughs> That's how you keep things a secret. Actually, if I'm being honest about it, like the whole thing with Clint Gresham being at our church, like it was really cool and he's an awesome guy. Yeah. But I was like one of the visits because he came twice. Yeah. I was like his security detail. Like, we had to treat him differently than anyone that had ever come yeah. to speak at church before. And a lot of that was 
creating a space where people didn't know where he was because everyone would bombard him. I and part so. of that was putting him in a room that was kind of dimly lit yeah. in between services so he could <laughs> relax. Because if people saw that the lights were all on in the room, then everyone would come to it like... like uh, Moths to a moths flame. Moths to a flame. And then on top of that, it was like, you know, he had been traveling a lot yeah. and he was really tired, so I was trying to let him rest. Yeah. But anyway. He was also a part of a men's conference thing that did something at my church. Yeah. And... I don't know if maybe our church just didn't provide that for him or what. <laughs> but I was at some point just kind of hanging out like near him. And I was yeah. like, hey, you want to see a really nasty football injury? And he was like, no. And I was like, I don't care. <laughs> and I showed him my ankle. And he's like, I didn't want to see that. And I'm like, I didn't care. I, I spent 20, min- 20 minutes <laughs> in a room. Daniel meets an NFL football player and instantly yeah. shows him his injury. But this is where we show our individual <laughs> tendencies, like really, because your response was, just... hey, check out this grotesque injury. My job that day was to be an a-hole because my job was, hey, as we're moving through the foyer, I was told this by the person who put me in charge of him. Yeah. People are going to come up and try to talk to him. Yeah. Don't make him be the person that says, hey, he's got to go. Yeah. You tell that person, no, we've got to go. Yeah. So that he doesn't look like a jerk. We had an autograph signing session. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because he had a book. Did he have the book when he was at your church? I think so. I mean, both times he came, there was a massive autograph signing. Yeah. Pictures, the whole deal. But anyway, the point that I was trying to get to, instead of (laughs) dropping the fact... No, no, this is my fault because I brought up... He didn't want to see your ankle injury. Yeah. He sounds like a jerk. I was was just some guy lingering. Like, you would have been telling me to give this guy some space. I would have. But also, you would have had him in a a private spot because he was just kind of hanging out outside of the sanctuary. I was very rude to about an 80-year-old woman. Yeah. See, <laughs> as she was just trying to share something with him. And that didn't life. even have anything to do with <laughs> See, that was the thing, like, I really didn't I really didn't care that much because, you know, everybody else was like, oh, Glenn Gresham Seahawks. And I was like, he's a long snapper. I can talk to this guy. That's what I thought. Yeah. Like, that's why I, you like, like, if I, I saw, long snap. Super Bowl champion. <laughs> yeah, I was like, dude, if it was Tyler Lockett, I would have been like fangirling. But I was like, it's Glenn Gresham. Like, you're long snapping. You want to see a picture of my injury? Like, that's how I felt about it. Yeah. It's like if I would have run into, oh, I'm trying to think of somebody from the 98 Mariners team. It's like if I would have ran into, like, Alex know, Rodriguez. Or Felix Fermin. See, you probably don't even remember who Felix Fermin is. I do not. Exactly. <laughs> I would have been like, hey, I got, I got tendonitis in my pitching elbow, Felix. And he'd be like, cool. I played for the 95 Mariners. I'm like, yeah, but... What did you really do? <laughs> <laughs> so the point I was trying to get to <laughs> from this interview that I did with Clint Gresham was I don't remember much of anything from it. Okay. But there was one thing about it that really stood out to me mm-hmm. because I thought, okay, this is a guy who very openly Christian yeah. goes to church with a lot of teammates. Yep. I thought... Oh, well, he plays with Russ. Russ is very openly Christian. They probably have like a good relationship. And they would do they would do Bible studies and stuff at, on the at the yeah. facility and all kinds of stuff. So, I asked him about Russ and his relationship with Russ and what what it was like. Yeah. And he paused for a minute and then he said, 
And like I said, this is the only thing that really stuck out with me because I thought it was weird. Yeah. He said, I think Russell Wilson, more than anyone I've ever met, understands the power of his words. And as I've always thought back on that and gone, Hmm. okay, so Russell tells you, he's very careful with his words, and he tells you what he wants you to hear. That's true. And like... As I look back on that, it's like, I wish that I had given more credence to that in the moment Mm -hmm. because I'm such a Russell Wilson fanboy. Yeah. But I'm like, I feel like the further we get into Russ's career, the more we realize he is kind of phony. He kind of just is like... Define phony. Because phony to me is saying all those things and then not going to the children's hospital every Tuesday religiously throughout his entire career. I think it was Mondays. It was Tuesdays. I think it was Wednesdays. (laughs) It was Tuesdays. Uh, What about saying repeatedly that winning is the the most important thing and you only want to win Super Bowls and then taking a contract that's so high that it cripples your team under the cap? I will agree with you on that, but that's every single quarterback but Tom Brady. Well, you'll agree with me on that because it literally is your point that I just repeated. Exactly. Also, I think it's fair to... Like, do you get what I'm saying, though? Like, I feel like you can have Daniel's opinion that that's not the correct way to go about it and still understand how someone can be like... go. Like, they're they're going for... They're, they're trying to win in their contract negotiations and they're trying to win on the field, but those things might not necessarily cross over. Yeah. And I think the thing is... I, when, you, when you talk about phony, we've seen a lot of literally phony people mm-hmm. in our lifetime, whether it be politicians, religious leaders, athletes, where they say one thing and then you find out they're acting a completely different way. We've also seen where people say, oh, they're phony, oh, they're phony. And it's like, yeah, but they're acting how they're saying. You just think they're phony because they're not perfect all the like, time. Like maybe they're cringy or maybe yeah, the they might they're be cr- saying are ridiculous and and it's yeah. silly to expect somebody to act like that's true, but they're still kind of acting like that's true. Yeah. Maybe, it's it's maybe. like the comments that said that Russell wasn't black enough. Remember? Because that was a comment that was made about him, too. And it was just like... Oh, yeah, I remember Maybe that. phony Early. is the wrong word. Let me rephrase. It's the I word think that a lot Russell, of people use, though. People I use think, that for him, though. I think Russell portrays himself publicly exactly the way that he wants you to see him. Absolutely. Which is not but a bad... I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Yeah. Necessarily. But, but there's never been, besides like, I don't know, besides reports wow, that Justin made... quit. Yeah, he, he just <laughs> left. No, I, I guess my response to that would be, besides reports where maybe things can get kind of contentious inside the organization, there's never been like a report of Russell being a bad guy. There's yeah, well, never that's... been that report of Russell abusing a situation or being a jerk to anybody on the street yeah. or, I don't know, Richard, flying completely off the handle and trying to assault your wife. Like, call him phony all you want. He's lived up to it except for maybe being a contentious quarterback in the NFL. Where have we seen that before? Only about a billion times. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I... I feel like a, I feel like he would not be. I, he's not my type of person. Yeah, like like I would not get along with him. He's well. not. So I, I he's not who I want to go hang out to, with. I give some credence to the talk about like it, like him not 
not being in great relationships, not bad relationships, but just not close to yeah. to teammates and stuff like that. Because he's he's a different kind of guy. Yeah. But he portrays himself as that different kind of guy, and I kind of believe it. Like I have not I've not seen or heard anything that doesn't make me think that he 100% believes the thing he said he says. Yeah. And that's to me is the difference between phony and not phony. Exactly. You he, can be weird and not phony. And I don't know about you, but I've heard stories from Pat McAfee similar, you know, to Clint Gresham talking about cuz he's Peyton only Manning. a punter. <laughs> yeah. Similar to Peyton Manning. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning didn't wasn't buddy buddy with Pat McAfee because he was a fun guy to hang out with and they you know, agreed about how to have fun on a lot of different things. No, he was a different type of entity. And Russell Wilson was a different type of entity. Is Russell Wilson the person on the Seahawks that I wanted to go hang out with? Not really. Tyler Lockett's my favorite player, and that's someone I would want to go hang out with and spend a day around. Russell Wilson, he's too... I would faint. He's He's so dreamy. He's too on all the time, and I think that's the thing. But he is on all the time. That's who he is. He's one of those personalities where you like... There's people in business who are the same way, where they're just constantly on, and they're their thing on. And I inst- avoid them. Yeah, they're not my type of people. <laughs> but they're really good at business. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. That's besides being a contentious quarterback, like I said, which is pretty darn common. Russell Wilson has never had a situation or a report where you would go, "Oh man, I guess he was faking it about everything else." But he kept a tuxedo in his car was a horrible thing that teammates didn't like about him way back Wait, in the day. What? Do you not remember that no, one? That no. does sound exactly like what I'm talking about, though. Yeah. Like, it isn't that... He, it's that he believes that that is important, yeah. which is Because he wanted to be ready to wear a tuxedo at the drop of a hat. That's bizarre. Yeah. yeah. But also, not phony, it's who he is. So I guess that's the thing, because we've heard that term about him. Why did we get off on this tangent? The... They couldn't freaking make it work, and it ticks me off because now the Seahawks are going to suck. So did so they get enough compensation? Counterpoint. Because this is the hope that I'm holding on to. I'm not saying this is a prediction. It's the hope. How much time did we spend on this? I guess it's the best the, the story, Seahawks have been. You're so mad. Was so pissed. The best the Seahawks have been have been when Pete Carroll and John Schneider had the freedom to churn the roster. And do whatever they wanted with a terrible quarterback until they found the young rookie quarterback who would take them to the Super Bowl. I get what you're saying. So you're that saying that seems slightly more likely right now than it does. I disagree. With with. Well, I guess you said slightly. I. Sorry. <laughs> it was my phone. I think. The I just I I already said I fully expected four or five or six years of high performance getting to the playoffs and not going past the first round, maybe getting to the second round once or twice. Now, all of a sudden, the ceiling's higher and the floor's way lower. To me. I, so, I can I can agree with that. This is where I think... Andrew and I had a very brief discussion on our group chat about this, like what the direction would... And really, the sticking point for me was like the idea of trading DK Metcalf. Because... My thought was, like, trade Tyler Lockett. Oh, that sucks. I, I love Ugh. Tyler Lockett. But you trade him. That he's would, he's 30. That you can get something back for 29. him. I think he's 30. I'm pretty sure I looked he it up. He just looks old, okay? I thought I looked it up. Yeah, he's uh, bald. Anyway, <laughs> he, he's older. 
He's expensive. How dare you? He's and not older. He's younger. He's older and he's expensive. And by the time you're ready to be good again in another two years or so, he will probably be on he's the 29. Day. Okay. Well, I was wrong. Ha! But at Sorry. least I could wrap my brain around the sense that it makes to trade Tyler Lockett. Yeah. I'd rather but everything... have Tyler Lockett teaching a young quarterback than DK, though. No. Like, I like DK a lot, but... Yeah, but okay. Anyway, let's let Justin finish his point. We've interrupted. That was it. No, I I was just saying like there's basically two directions they could go, and like as parting thoughts on this, I wanted to know what both of you guys thought because I think the first question I put in was did they get enough compensation, and I think like no matter what it is, you lost the best player from the trade, so you didn't get enough compensation. And all of you that are going, oh, I like the trade, and I like what they got in return on Twitter and Facebook, you're dumb. Stop having opinions. There's basically two directions they can go here. And because they acquired veterans in the trade, I assumed Pete and John look at this roster and they go, we have a good amount of pieces here. Let's invest the the cap space that we're going to save by not having a $37 million quarterback in reinforcing the spots that we need help and either pick up an average free agent or draft a quarterback and go back to the model that we had before. But we already have pieces here. So let's keep what we have, add to what we have, get a good, get a young quarterback that we like in a good spot where he's cheap for five years and we have a good roster built around him. Or they could do what Andrew was kind of advocating for and trade away basically everything they have of value. Say we're going to suck for three years and try to just rebuild the roster with draft picks. And then when you feel like you've built your team up three years from now with the draft picks and the young players that you have acquired, then you go get the quarterback because you've built the team around him. But that's waiting. Is that an accurate depiction of what you were thinking? Roughly speaking, I don't think it has to be that specific. I feel like it could happen as quickly as one year. But but, but you're, what I'm you're still for is sailing, selling a lot. I'm sucking, selling, and then you you grabbing. don't even have to suck more than one year. But you but I'm selling everything for for draft picks this year and next year. Then you're going to suck for more than one year. If you're yeah, selling every good player you have for draft picks, you will not be competitive the next year. Yeah, you no, need the, so that'd be one year. No, the next year after that. You're, so you're going to draft guys got, and then expect not only... The, so I'm you guys you are all rookies. Be let's, because you're all let's be crappy for one there. year. And then so the following you, year, when you guys are your second year in the league, let's be great. I'm saying that it's possible to be. I'm not saying you would be. I'm saying it's possible to be. If you are... Because you're really... Your cap hit is really low at that point. So then you if you if you have if you have the parts in place that quickly then it it would be possible to say all right we're going to buy that 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 or maybe we're going to buy Tom Brady for a year and okay so and you're saying so, like you're saying if you really nail the draft the yes, first year if you then you the could draft, then you could draft another year and buy a ton of free agents yes, so but the draft possibly. is scary that's a scary place to it decide is, it is but i'm going to hit on every draft I'm, yes. I'm saying that's obviously i'm not saying you plan for that you plan you figure you're going to it's going to be the next two Two to three years, that would be when you'd be expecting to... Okay. To Which is a scary situation and also one that I don't think you have to... Because I think I'm more I also, on Justin's side with this. Because I, I don't think, think you have think to do it in football. You can expect it. 
Yeah, like I, that's true. I don't expect that, but that's what would make the most sense to me. Because it's almost necessary in f- baseball, right? But we've seen teams like I mean, we saw the Browns do that, and it has, and we've seen the Jaguars do well, it. Well, in baseball, and it doesn't really make you that can much sense. Trade everything of value for prospects, and then keep them in your farm system. You can't keep future football players in your farm system because exactly. you can only have so big of a roster and even on your practice squad anybody can be signed off your practice squad yeah so you can't just load up on all these prospects and expect right, which that- is why you want to sell for high-end draft picks it's not draft picks it's high-end which is why two firsts for but it's also two, two mid to late round firsts for Russell is terrible. It's also hard to get high end draft picks because for anything other than a quarterback. Because you're not it's hard to get draft picks from teams who are also going to suck. Specifically with DK also, I don't think that elite wide receivers are the correct thing to be paying a lot of money to on a that's team. yeah that's a different theory where right, you so, ha- there's definitely been a lot of super bowl champions that haven't had an elite wide receiver cooper cup is kind of the outside situation on that and he is definitely not your stereotypical yeah. elite wide receiver attitude wise yeah um, box. and dk definitely has some differences so i'm not and, saying i want them to trade DT- yeah. dk but if and they, DK, and I by the way, DK is also, but DK is you said that if they traded DK, saying, that would make you feel better about the whole DK thing. is also not a stereotypical yes, attitude wise wide receiver either. Because while he has shown flare ups, he hasn't been, I'm gonna freak out about everything that doesn't go my he, way, Odell Beckham. He kind of seems like a, a, a typical wide receiver with good inputs in his life, honestly. Like sense. he seems like he has that that diva streak in 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 like instinct where he wants to, but but there's some people that he respects that are saying, "Hey man, that's not a good way to act. You don't want to act like that." His well, dad was an offensive lineman. Traded him away. Yeah, yeah. So I've got input from Francis if you guys are interested. Actually, my wife too. And <laughs> my wife says Daniel, it's okay to be wrong all the time. <laughs> She said that early, early in. The... Francis says DK is hoping Russ takes him to Denver. Go Broncos! Ask Bubby when he's going to come over to help with his dad's new scooter. Also, congrats to Daniel and Andrew on the return of the MLB. Going to be really enjoy seeing the Mariners underperform to whatever your sad expectations are. Also, LeBron is pretty phony. And is Matt Flynn available? I don't think LeBron is phony. I think LeBron shows you a side of him that people don't like publicly. Why does Francis always just be so mean? <laughs> also, deep cut on the Bubby and Dad Scooter recognition there. I haven't been called Bubby since I was about seven years old. So... Francis somebody's is been, somebody's been talking to your dad. Yeah, Francis is out there getting like deep information on my childhood. That's that was impressive. Thanks, Dad. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I I'm so frustrated. I literally I'm on record with only being happy with the outcome of all of this if the Seahawks get Gardner Minshew and then try and do what you said, which is build up a big defense. The frustrating part of that well, they is, also have to reinforce the offensive line. And true, but the, okay. So the thing is, the sad part about it is if the Seahawks go with that model and it works, people will say, 
Russell Wilson wasn't that good. The frustrating part to me is Russell Wilson was never given the chance to have the team completely built around him. Because they were in between. I know you guys don't like Brock Heward very much. I don't know if you guys like Brock. I know you guys don't like Brock Heward that much. I just think he's annoying. But when you say that (laughs) his term is you can't be in between. And I feel like that's where the Seahawks were. Pete Carroll was trying to be the defensive-minded head coach and not build everything around his star quarterback. And you can't be in conflict with that. You either have to go all in and build everything around your star quarterback or not have one and build build this super team and insert somebody in. And that's what Russell Wilson's first few years were. But the thing is, is if they succeed, people are going to be like, oh, Russell wasn't that good. See, this is what made him made them great when they did win. That's going to frustrate me because I think Russell was that good if you just would have gone all in to support him. But I'll also be happy because that means that the Seahawks are winning if they do show success with that model. So I'll be like, yay, this is working. And I'll feel conflicted because people will be like, oh, Russell Wilson wasn't actually that good. And I, it's frustrating to me. Do you, th- does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I feel like that could only happen if he also is, underperforms in Denver. Though. Okay. Right? That makes sense. Like, like if he's they winning. Can't say, they can't say, no, Russell wasn't well that good. He went deep into the playoffs and won a Super Bowl, but, you know, he wasn't that good. Like, okay. He that makes do, sense. So. That makes sense. It's not like he's retired. Yes, exactly. That, that, that makes a lot of sense. So you're a Broncos fan as well. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> I think just if joking. the Seahawks are good at the same time, then yes, I kind of have to be. <laughs> if I want perfect world. Well, I want Russ to do well. But at the same time, like, it's set up now where, like, Daniel, I can already imagine the range of emotions that you'll be going through going, see, the Broncos made it to the Super Bowl. Russell was that good. Oh, Russell's gone. (laughs) We had him and now he's gone. Yes. (laughs) It's going to be terrible. And Javante Williams is going to be running for, like, 2,000 yards. Mm Mm-hmm trucking people in the Super Bowl. He's going to truck somebody, stiff arm, spin move, juke them all in one run, hurdle a guy. And I'm going to be like, Justin saw that in college. This is my favorite part of the show so far. (laughs) Also, by the way, if you didn't see the Bobby Wagner thing coming, you haven't been paying attention. So can we just leave that pretty much there? Like, that's sad and a bummer, but haven't we all kind of seen that coming? I also think that was a good move. It was like a 20, 20 and a half million he's dollars still, or something. He's still a good middle linebacker, yeah. but he's not a he's not the best middle linebacker in the league right now, and yeah. he was getting paid that much money. They drafted his and replacement it, in the first round, and, and he led the team in tackles yeah. last year. And the replacement actually worked out. Yeah. Yes. And when that happens, that's the next I, step. I was so while it's a bummer, because I was really hoping that he would take a pay cut to stay. Yeah. Like, I, that's what I was personally hoping. Well, but... Apparently, he didn't have that option since well, they didn't tell him they were dropping him. Yeah, that, that also, that was a, the report that came out was Seahawks plan to release Bobby Wagner. So, like, I, I get that it sucks that he found it out from someone besides the team, but they hadn't, they haven't released him yet. So it was like, are they supposed to be like, hey, Bobby, in two weeks, we're going to release you? No, that information got leaked. No. So Bobby The information got leaked and reported before they had a chance to do that. Bobby is his agent. Literally, if it's outside their heads, he should be the one that knows. I mean, I don't know who leaked it. Honestly, that's what I'm saying. Unless, well, unless Pete or John leaked it, 
In which case, that was a crappy thing You think thing the to do. front office should they be sh- telling players, hey, we might release your guy? No, no. I'm saying that they should tell them, hey, we plan to. Hey, we're going to be releasing you. But you, we don't, we don't know where the information that was leaked came from. It could have been just a very small meeting in, in, that was just people in the front office. But that that's just what talking I'm saying. About- At the point where it's that decided, he should be in that meeting. Why? No, no, no. Absolutely. No. Why? Why? Because he's literally the face of your franchise. I think I think th- I think that information got leaked before they were ready I for it. I agree with you. And I'm I sure don't that think they, that they were being I don't think they did it on purpose. I, think, I they, think that the fact that that was able to happen demonstrates that they were going about it the wrong way. Well, it looks bad, but I don't think I agree with that. I think Daniel agrees with me. Daniel <laughs> Daniel, you know what we need? Francis says that he's a child, maybe eight or nine his, himself. You know what we need? That's <laughs> why he's being mean. We still have to name an athlete of the week. The Hawks will be between the Lions and the Jets now. We still have to talk about March Madness. <laughs> we still have to celebrate the fact that baseball is back. And we still have to do mailbag. We need to take a commercial break. Yes. Oh, was that actually? Like you and want subscribe. to take it like right now? Like and subscribe. Do you have a legal situation and need someone on your side? Let the law office of Jeffrey A. Domashevitz be your advocate. If you've been the victim of medical malpractice, suffered a personal injury, or need representation with real estate law, small business law, or estate planning, let Jeff Domashevitz put his 29 years of experience to work for you. Call Jeff Domashevitz today at 360-612-3991 or visit domashevitzlaw.com. That's D-A-M-A-S-I-E-W-I-C-Z-L-A-W.com. Thank you to our sponsors, the law office of Jeffrey A. Damashevitz and Oli Penn Real Estate. Like and subscribe. Thank you again so much to you guys for helping make this show possible. Justin, I keep, I keep forgetting that your feet aren't like part of the table. Mm-hmm. So I keep like tapping on them and you stuff. You guys are playing footsie. Yeah. Here's a reminder. My Just, feet are not part of the table. Yeah, and they haven't moved. So it's not <laughs> us playing footsie. It's me literally just like kicking his foot every five seconds. I sort of just got used to it. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even notice it after a while. <laughs> All right, it is time for our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. <laughs> Francis apparently wasn't uh, satisfied with just you relaying messages to me. He had to text me and say, your mother is a very nice person and only coughed up the bubby info after I asked. I only har- harassed those I actually... Oh, I can't actually say that. You told me not at, to say that. At what... <laughs> At, wait, wait, wait. At what point does this get a little creepy? Yeah. Like a little stalkerish. Yeah, a little bit. Like Francis, we've been talking about the last couple of weeks how all he is is just angry and mean to us, and now he's going to your parents' house. Uh, is it, should we be concerned? Like when should we alert the authorities no, of what's going on? No, he's not on? going out of his way to visit Daniel's parents. He's delivering packages to them. Okay, are you sure? I'm reasonably sure. That wasn't in any of those texts. (laughs) I'm reasonably sure. All right. It's time for the Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. And for the second week in a row, you know something big must have happened. If you get it two weeks in a row, Kira Gardner is our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. How? They're not even playing anymore. That's a good thing. That's also a good point. A, something (laughs) big happened. B, there wasn't much going on. That's how you get it twice. The big thing that happened is, holy crap, she was named the Gatorade Player of the Year for Washington. That is not 
in 2B basketball. That's not in 2B and 1B basketball. That's not in smaller school basketball. That's in the entire state of high school basketball. This is a massive, massive award. And Kira Gardner, Twin Harbors, Raymond Siegel wins the Gatorade Player of the Year Award in high school basketball. I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of proud of you guys for jumping on that earlier than that announcement. Thank you. With the certified bucket getter. Yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention. Certified bucket getter. Yeah, they didn't mention that in the Gatorade press release. Which was kind of... They didn't say she was a certified bucket getter. (laughs) Francis says cable guy meets the delivery guy. That is actually the reference I was thinking of when I thought about that too, was the movie The Cable Guy. Back to Kira Gardner though. Oh my gosh. Just Straight gets buckets, and now Just Straight gets awards. So from the official press release, they had a quote from the Napa Vine um, head coach. His name is Shane Schutz. He said, Kira Gardner is one of the most complete players I've ever seen in our state. She can score, rebound, defend, and has the ability to make others around her better. Which... If you read that, you might think, did Shane listen to our show? Because it's pretty much what we said last week. Exactly, yeah. Um, 27.1 points per game. Had, had he said she has the ability to... Oh, what was it? Don't don't tell me. If she had the ability to anticipate and manipulate, yeah. then we would have been like, okay, guy, you're stealing from our show. Yeah, right. Yeah. 27.1 points per game this season, 9.9 rebounds, 5.1 assists, and hold on, I gotta get, take a break before I say this last one, because I almost still don't believe it, 7 steals per game! Insane. That's a lot of steals. 7 steals per game. And what, like 2 blocks per game too? Yeah, they didn't have that stat listed, but I believe it was 2. Yeah, which gets lost in the shuffle, but that's also just a ridiculous number for a guard. Um, they also note that Kira maintained a 3.53 GPA. Um, and that she has signed her letter of intent to play um, college basketball at Washington State. Go Cougs. Go Cougs. And that she is a volleyball standout and a state high jump champion. She has also volunteered locally on behalf of youth sports programs and the Raymond Elk Lodge Emergency Meals Program. So Kira Gardner, all around, good person, great basketball player. Coug fans should be... Absolutely thrilled that this girl is coming. And I just, I have to take a minute because I think sometimes, like, something big like this happening, it doesn't always land with the gravity of what just happened. Yeah. Kira Gardner, from the small town of Raymond, a little 2B basketball program, yep. wins a statewide award for player of the year. Yep. Across all classifications. From a national 1A, 2A, organization. 3A, 4A. Yep. Four classifications higher than her. Yep. And she was so incredible this year that she won this award, and it's a really big deal. And if you go back and look at the list of players who have won this award, both on the boys' side and the girls' side, there's a lot of pro ballers in there. This is a really big deal. Massive. It's huge. Because... Like I said, well, I shouldn't have, but I kind of interrupted you while you were talking about it. This is a national organization Mm -hmm. that is finding the best players of the state. Mm -hmm. This is huge. And I would say it's probably extremely rare that you find a Gatorade player of whatever state, especially Washington, which is a pretty well-populated state with a ton of good basketball players and a history of good basketball players Mm -hmm. on both the men's and women's sides. That they aren't at least going to play Division One basketball. 
It's yeah. extremely rare. Yep. So, so Kira Gardner, congratulations yeah. on the third greatest um, honor you've ever been given, the Gatorade <laughs> Player of the Year, yes. coming uh, behind only your bucket getter certification from us and your multiple Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week awards. Then you have the Gatorade Player of the Year, and then somewhere below that, the long list of MVPs that she's won and state titles, she state trophies and titles and honors that she's won in yes. multiple sports. Um, so congratulations, Kira. You are our Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. Yeah, and that might be the best part of that. It's back-to-back Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete of the Week. That's not easy to that's, do. That's pretty rare. I mean, she's got the trifecta now. The Athlete of the Week, the Certified Bucket Getter, Yeah. And the back-to-back Oli Penn Real Estate Athlete. Yeah, and all those MVPs and state awards are just icing on the cake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's get... We need to interview her at some point, How right? How do we turn like a, we, a thing about Kira Gardner so self-indulgent? Like, we just totally made that all about us. At, at least we did it... Assume that was your speciality, Justin. At, at least you. we did it for she... For, Facetiously. <laughs> we were joking. Um, we do really need to set up an interview with her at some point, though. Agreed. Absolutely. All right. Uh, let's get to our local sports roundup. Got a short one, but a good one. Montesano Powerlifters took first place at the Iron Club Powerlifting Meet in Snohomish on Saturday. Monty's 52 points easily outpaced second place Stanwood's 36. Thomas Flink took first place in the 132-pound weight class, Ethan Blundred at 181 pounds, and Riley Chapman at 242. Peyton Domashevitz, hey! Jaden McElravey, Greg Boley, and Seth Caton each notched a second-place finish for the Bulldogs, while William Wallstrom earned third and Logan Roberts placed fourth. Both of Monty's girls also took home first-place finishes, True Tyler in the 105 class and Emily Sweet at 132. True's a good name. Never thought of that name before. True. Sorry, I digress. <laughs> Former Aberdeen High School wrestler Tatum Heikela, now competing for Colorado Mesa University, made history over the weekend by becoming the first female wrestler from the Twin Harbors to earn an NCAA All-American Honors. Snub alert? Possibly. Well done, Tatum. That is absolutely amazing. She took seventh at the tournament she was competing in at that time to earn that NCAA All-American honor. Absolutely well done. That is super cool coming from the Aberdeen High School to get that award. That And uh, yeah, that's it. Like I said, short, sweet, lots of good stuff. Not too much going on. I was nope. at the, um, the track jamboree on Thursday in Montesano. So they did, the way they do the jamboree, there's just a bunch of schools from all over the place. The only league teams that were there were... Montesano and Hoquiam. Um, Aberdeen was also there from the 2A classification, but it's just kind of a hodgepodge of a bunch of... I think of I saw some Chief Leshi kids. Chief Leshi, Morton White Pass. Like, there was a whole... Just from all over the place coming. Rainier had some kids there. Um, and then they do an abbreviated version where instead of everybody being allowed to do four events, they cut a whole bunch of events out and everybody does two. Okay. But it's more like a, hey, let's get ready for the season kind of a thing. Um, and there were some Harbor athletes that performed well. Um, I don't want to go like too deep into all of it because it was just a jamboree. And I think also a lot of the times I know kids were looking at it going, Oh, 
that's not the time I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Even when they finished well, you know, yeah. they're still working towards getting their best times. I would um, note that Trey Anderson and Jeremy Sawyer from Aberdeen both had really good finishes. I want to say they were th- third and fourth, Jeremy and then Trey in the 100 um, the 100 meter. Okay. That's under, that makes sense. They're both real fast. Yeah. So, uh, but besides that, it was I'm like more, is it bad that I'm more impressed by one of those kids than the other? Cause isn't Trey, Trey's real short and maybe that's mean. Is that mean to say that Trey's not the tallest person? <laughs> and I feel like a lot of times, like he's got a lot more steps to make up. Yeah. yeah and I think, I think too, with Jeremy, like, he had the Jer- bad. He had a bad ankle injury um, before last football season. Oh, okay, and then he played all football season, and he's still like not only trying to work back, but also physically. Like he wouldn't have got. He didn't get to do all the you know the cardio and all the stuff that he would have normally been doing because he's been doing physical therapy for yeah. the ankle. Okay. Um. So I I did you know kind of briefly see Jeremy and wave and um I think he knows. His time will get a lot better as the season goes on once he really gets into track practice. Mm-hmm. So, uh, by the way, who um, who had the top Montesano time at that jamboree? That or was that Peyton front? Domashevitz. Oh! Peyton Domashevitz was the uh, I know that guy top Montesano sprinter. <laughs> he ran the one hundred and the four hundred, and in one of them he was seventh, one of them he was eighth. I can't okay. remember which was which. The four hundred sucks. Yeah, like. I don't say that to demean. Like, if you're running a 400, you're insane and amazing. But I can't... Also, maybe you hit yourself. Yeah, I can't imagine (laughs) running the 400. Or the 800, for that matter. The 400 and the 800 are just like that miserable range of you're having to run way too fast for way too long. I I talked to Peyton... Uh, by the way, Peyton's my son, for those of you who don't know. I talked to Peyton about like kind of what his strategy, about how he times out, what percentage of sprint he's doing. And I'm just like... Why don't you just sprint the whole thing? <laughs> Apparently, that's not what you do when okay. you run a 400. Okay, so when you were first telling me about this, remember I bring everything back to me and my family. And so I was telling you about my dad. Mm-hmm. So my dad was super fast. And I believe it's either, I think it's freshman year in college. He ran His it. mind is still super fast. Yeah, he, ran, <laughs> he ran in 11 100 meters. That sounds made up. In college. So that was... That's what he told you? Yeah. <laughs> but also knowing him in college, he probably wasn't in great shape because he did pole vault. So he wasn't training to uh-huh. run the 100 meters. So... Well, there's a lot of speed in the Hargrove family. I mean... You... But the sad thing is, is I always think that Jimmy's like the peak of that. And then I remember that my dad was like even faster. And I don't know why, but seeing that I'm not... A, never was as fast as Jimmy... Just makes me look like. Oh, Didn't man. you pass him at some point? Like once Jimmy well, started to get old and. Well, creepy. yeah, but I mean, at some point, <laughs> I was in my prime and Jimmy wasn't. So, and then even then, I'm sure we never actually raced. So I'm sure Jimmy would never even cop to that. I still remember since we've gone a little glory days. Here, oh yeah, the point where like when you for, you're you're younger than me by like three years, four years, something like I think that. Like four. So I was playing rec flag football. When I started playing rec flag football, we were friends, but you were like a kid. You I were was still little, in high school yeah. and then going to college and it was when you got back from college is when we really started playing together. Yep. And I remember that 
I had in my mind a, a certain picture of what Daniel was like good athlete, you know, long, even though people made fun of him for dropping the ball. He actually had good hands. <laughs> and then we, the, when you came Joseph back and we started playing again together, yeah. there was a point where you intercepted a pass in the middle of the field. And there was guys like, nobody was close to you, but there was guys kind of all around you with angles. Yeah. And you just shot through the middle of it, and everybody took a bad angle, and no one realized how fast <laughs> you were going to get there, and you went and scored a touchdown. And I remember in that moment, this epiphany, like, holy crap, Daniel's really fast. <laughs> he might be faster than Jimmy. <laughs> so I, I appreciate that. that. I definitely took a lot longer to grow into my body than Jimmy did. I well, think that was part of it. Jimmy's more compact. Like mm-hmm. you're not way taller than him, but you're taller than him, but yeah. you're just kind of longer. Yep. And he's he's more compact, but like when his yeah. limbs get moving, you can't really see him. As like, much as I love the praise that you're just heaping yeah. on me right now, and I could talk about all of those highlights and stuff, yeah. agnosium, I think we should get into the fact that baseball finally pulled its head out of its butts and got a deal done. Mm-hmm. So baseball has only one head but multiple butts. <laughs> Yeah, actually. <laughs> you said baseball pulled its head out of its butts. Out of its butts. <laughs> out of all of the owner's butts. Okay, but only one head. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how that works. <laughs> Manfred is the head. Yeah, my dad's going to text me about that one and say that that was a bit uh, junior high-ish there, but I don't care. That was funny. <laughs> um, so this instantly spurred me. Like I was barely paying attention to who the Mariners roster was going to be. And then all of a sudden they get the deal done and I like instantly take pen to paper and mm-hmm. just start, as you put it, the scrawlings of a madman. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wrote down like their entire 25 man roster who I think it's going to be pitchers, relievers, like everything, as well as then writing down like what I think their starting lineup's going to be, what I think their batting order is going to be. And they are missing one piece in my opinion Kyle Seeger that would do it <laughs> if only if they had Kyle Seeger they'd have so what i'm saying is they need a third baseman mm-hmm. if they get a stud third baseman to Kyle Seeger's ability or higher then this to me is a complete team yes you're counting on some some players to take steps but not that many I mean, because right now, without that stud third baseman, in my opinion, their lineup looks like J.P. Crawford at short, Frazier. Gosh, why can't I remember Frazier's name? I don't remember it either. Jeez. I'm going to I'm gonna have to. Uh, it's not Will. It's probably Daniel. It's not. Gosh. <laughs> I'm going to have to Google I this I could really be quick. helpful and look it up for you. Frazier. Mariners. Adam, Adam Frazier. So it looks like J.P. Crawford at short, Adam Frazier at second, Hanniger in right, Ty France at first, Kyle Lewis in left, Jared Kelnick in center, Tom Murphy at the DH, Cal Raleigh at second, and Toro at third. Now the thing with this lineup is they just kind of seem to be missing one guy because you don't want whoever is not catching to be your DH. And that's kind of how this shifts into so if you get that third baseman, then all of a sudden you have more room to play with who's that DH. Is it Toro? Is it one of your other outfielders? Is it Raleigh? Is it you know maybe somebody you're giving a rest? So maybe one to two bats short. Not having right now. Toro in the field wouldn't be the worst thing. 
And that's the thing where it comes up to, right? Because even the Mariners organization has said they need another bat and that they are looking for either that third base or maybe left fielder. Now, if they get a third baseman, they already got Adam Frazier. I thought this organization was absolutely in love with Abraham Toro. Abraham Toro is a top priority. Wow, look at this steal we got for Abraham Toro, even though we traded away one of our best relievers and kind of messed up our shot again in the playoffs last year. Abraham Toro, Abraham Toro, Abraham Toro. And then the following offseason, you go get Adam Frazier to play Toro's spot, and now you're saying that you still need another bat that would be, oh, Toro's other spot? What the crap? But will anybody say this on, like, I don't know, any of the Seattle stations? No. Oh, what a great trade to get Abraham Toro. Now we're going to get more. He didn't, he couldn't play for the Astros because he had players ahead of him. And everybody's like, oh, now the Mariners have him. No, we'll be, no one will be ahead of him. And then the next offseason, they literally get two players to then be ahead of him again. Maybe he's not actually that good. I don't know. Am I still too frustrated with that old situation from last trade deadline? Probably, but when you look at where this lineup is right now and what they're wanting to get, how do you not jump to that conclusion? Mm -hmm. Because they've literally addressed the issues of his position that they told us that he was filling. And yet, uh, the first offseason chance they get, they're grabbing up players that play his exact position. Is is that not frustrating? No, it is. It's very frustrating. I mean, I think... uh... The other thing that I've been worried about through the whole thing is that they're going to plan to get do something big in free agency and then strike out. That's like a, people are talking yeah. about Chris Bryant. A lot of people talking about Chris Bryant. Yeah, if they don't get Chris Bryant or Trevor Story, yeah. What a big whiff. Yeah. So, but then the other question is, and I know um I feel like this has come up several times lately. Like is this year really the year? Where if they do strike out this year, we know there are pitching prospects that we haven't even seen yet. We yeah. haven't seen Julio Rodriguez. Like, is it possible that the year where we've been building to is not actually this year? It's actually next year. Yeah. So they won't panic too much about some amount of failure this year because next year will be like, this is where everyone is. And also... Hasn't that been the story for like two years? No. No, I thought it was that. Well, this year would technically COVID year set us back, so it isn't quite this year. Last year, no, this year this was the first year. Even with that, the COVID year is making it more tenuous than it should be, because there should have just been more opportunities for everybody. But the plan was still for next year because they didn't go into the full rebuild until. What was it? Was it the year before the COVID year? 2019. Yeah. I think so. And so usually it's at least a three-year process. And we're coming into year three, including the COVID year I right now. I feel like you're wrong, but I can't make the argument. I, I'm not. <laughs> so then the big thing to me is like... <laughs> I, I I'm going to say I'm anyone, not... I've heard no one talking that way. What do you mean? 
You mean and everybody's thinking it's everybody's supposed to be this year? That this is the year. This is the year they're year, supposed to start. Last year would have been the year no, if that's, it wouldn't have been no, for COVID. No, that nobody has said last year would have been the year. That's not true. Because Julio Rodriguez was not going to be there last year no matter what. Jared Kelnick was absolutely only going to be barely cracking the surface last year. None of their young last pitching process. Not, if, last if year would Jared not. Jared Kelnick would have come up. In the, at the end of 2020, well, we wanted it, but he obviously it. wasn't ready. <laughs> we wanted it, but not even with how lack of a season that was. In all reality, did that happen? That would not have happened, even if it was a full year. Okay. So 2020, like was, I said, I can't make the argument. Yeah, I just I haven't not. That's not the impression I've I've got listening to. And I think what talk. I think listening to talk is what you hear is everybody starting to say that this is the year. But what they mean by that is this is the year where you start to buy. Right. Oh, hey, actually, interesting uh, interesting comment here from Francis, because he maybe doesn't know this as a filthy Yankees fan, but how many rebuilds have there been since the Mariners' last playoff win, Daniel? None. There have None. been no rebuilds, Francis. Every time someone says, oh, they're rebuilding again, that never happened. They constantly tried to buy their way out of a mediocre situation instead of actually going into a rebuild mode. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. And would I you say that's accurate? Few, they did a few like half rebuilds. Exactly. They halfway did it. They always tried to hold on to people. They never were like, hey, this is what we got to do. Let's sell. Let's build up the farm. And let's rebuild. Multiple times they spent a buttload of money on guys. Absolutely. Because they thought they were close, but they weren't as close as they thought they were. And to be honest, I didn't realize this on my own until we talked about it on this show. That okay, those weren't actual full rebuilds. Mm-mm. Yeah, they traded away some players. Yeah. Like yeah, they traded away lots of good players, and then those players ended up going and being good other places. But they never really went into this full like we're gonna be okay with sucking for a few years. Yeah. They sucked for a few years, but it was just because they sucked. Because <laughs> they were <laughs> they, they had one of the highest payrolls. I think they were the first team with an over hundred million dollar payroll to go under five hundred. Like, it wasn't for lack of trying. Yeah, that goes back to Beltran, and Sexton. For lack Cano, of ability. Yes. Cruz. Like, there's exam- tons of examples of guys throughout the last 20 years that they've spent big money on because yeah. they thought they were ready. Absolutely. Yes. Francis says, good job. Uh, he also says, this is from earlier, but... Well, he, he must have been saying good job to me was, about something. Yeah, probably. He says <laughs> steals are his co-favorite stat with offensive rebounds because that person is working harder than everyone else. Yes. Usually. Uh, he said usually. Usually, yes. There's usually. <laughs> I remember... This is going back to Kira Gardner is what the steals is talking about. Yeah. Every now and then you find a player that's just so darn fast that they're not really working that hard. They're just able to get in front of like every passing lane. Like I remember I used to think one of my buddies I played with, I was like, wow, you know, I think you're a really good defensive player. And he's like, no, I'm not. And I was like, well, <laughs> yes, you do. You get a lot of steals. And he's like, yeah, that's because I just read passing lanes. So every now and then I'll go get one. But he, but he told me, he's like, you work way harder at defense, even though you don't get as many steals. And I was wouldn't like, that, I guess that makes sense. Wouldn't that be what you said, though? He was a really good defensive player. He just wasn't trying hard yeah, enough. Yeah, maybe that is. That's true. I so, mean, I don't know. That was how who he was described it? it. Name names. That was Joey. Oh, okay. Joey Wayne. I was going to guess that. Yeah. He, yeah. he would get a lot of steals, and but he was just an opportunistic defensive player. Uh-huh. I think, though, if you're getting seven... You're probably working your butt off too. But I think also if you're Joey the, Wayman, you got to conserve energy for offense. It, 
That's true. Everybody's got to know your role. You don't usually want your one of your main scoring threats to be your best defender, but it sounds like Kira could do both. Mm-hmm. So apparently she's one of those players. Special. She yeah. says that person has good instincts. Yes, that's true. <laughs> uh, Maya Young for Monty's girls team, mm-hmm. amazing at reading passing lanes, by the way. Uh, you talk about if they strike out this year. I just pulled up something for next year's free agents. Uh, Justin Turner, Tim Anderson, Xander Bogarts, Trey Turner. So there's there's some options if they strike out this year, because as you mentioned, this is this. I guess uh, how I describe it, Andrew, is this is year one of being able to go for it. Okay. But if you oh, well, completely okay, whiff, then you still have next year. Well, if you completely whiff, doesn't that call into I question mean, I, more stuff? Yeah. I mean, I guess on free agents. But they haven't, oh, okay. in my opinion, okay. they haven't completely whiffed because they already signed the Cy Young Award winner right. from last year. So, yeah. Our pitching okay. staff looks pretty good. If everybody continues to progress, if Chris Flexen isn't a flash in the pan, if Logan Gilbert's actually that young dude who's going to improve, if Marco Gonzalez returns to his crafty middle of the rotation solid type of guy and if Robbie Ray turns out to be a Cy Young level type of pitcher that's four really darn good pitchers and then you have all of these young kids coming up who you can kind of cycle through and figure out okay which one's gonna stick mm-hmm. it's it's the and bullpen that has the most questions right like because bullpens well only they were because really good last year and bullpens don't tend to be consistently good. Yeah, so they have questions, but not because of lack of who they got. Right, right. It's right. because you never know what a bullpen's gonna do. But they've set themselves up where they continued to add to the bullpen so that if people don't perform, you got guys like Ken Giles who didn't even play last year, but historically is a really good bullpen guy. They got guys like uh Munoz who barely pitched last year, but he throws like 102. And so he, they weren't counting on him last year, but maybe he can be a guy. I mean, they still got Kostilko. Kostilko. <laughs> the Russian. Yeah, the Russian who's not Ooh, Russian. I don't know if we, we want to. Really like. Maybe we don't want to do that to him anymore. <laughs> Should we not call him oh. Russian anymore? Daniel's like, why? Why wouldn't we? Oh, yeah. oh. I'm still going to do it. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> uh, but they, they got some more pieces. They weren't content with how good the bullpen was, they also built for the future with their bullpen. So I think they have some contingency plans. If let's say Nick Margavishus doesn't perform as well, or Anthony Mashevitz doesn't perform very well. Now I'm specifically named, names. I'm specifically naming <laughs> names that you guys won't know about, but I'll, but perform pretty well, you know? So I think they're in a pretty good spot. I still think their offense is a little bit away though. Did Do I talk you, way too much about the Mariners? Is, have we lost our entire No, audience? that's good information. I have one more question. Okay. It has been posed to me on multiple occasions okay. by one person that we both know. All right. That they strongly <laughs> believe that Julio Rodriguez will never play for the Mariners, but instead will be, since the outfield is so full, will be a trade piece that they use to bring in a big-time player either to be like a big-time pitcher, big-time top-of-the-rotation pitcher, or a big bopper in the lineup in a position they actually need someone. I would find that to be very disappointing. I would be very disappointed, (laughs) and listening to the rhetoric of what they say, 
But as we saw Jerry with Russell Wilson, a liar. As we, yeah, I've said that before too. <laughs> I call lots of people liars. <laughs> um, I should probably think about that. I called Russell more. phony. Yeah. so I don't. You, I'm not. My hands are. I would be here. surprised. I would be less surprised if Jared Kelnick was traded than if Julio Rodriguez was. I'd be less surprised if Kyle Lewis was traded. I'm basically. You could tell me that you could trade anybody in the Mariners organization not named Julio Rodriguez, and I would be less surprised than if you said Julio Rodriguez was. Okay. And that the only thing that you would argue against that is he's got the highest, like he's the most valuable Mm -hmm. of them. So you could get the most back, but man, he seems to be the type of person that you want to be the face of a franchise as well as he seems like he's going to be that good. Like Jared Kelnick, he's kind of your Bryce Harper type guy. Mm-hmm. Where people are like, yeah, he's the face of the franchise. And then like five years later, they're like, he's really good. But it'd be really nice if we had someone who smiled more often. <laughs> Smell you later. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I don't know. That's how I feel about that. Okay. Anything else? No, I don't You want to know so. about we, my midnight scrawlings? I do kind of, yeah. Is there a way you can condense it down to... Because <laughs> um, there's a lot. <laughs> can, can How about this, the lineup? Part? The lineup. So I kind of went through what I think. I mean, this is the lineup as it stands. Mm-hmm. I see it as, and you could switch around. You might put Crawford farther down in the lineup and move France up and do some different things like that. But right now, without the free engine signing that they're hoping for, I see it as Crawford leading off playing short, Frazier hitting second, playing second, Hanniger hitting third, playing right. Ty France playing first, hitting fourth. Kyle Lewis playing left, hitting fifth. Jared Kelnick playing center. I don't think he's the best center fielder, but he's hitting sixth. Tom Murphy at the DH. Cal Raleigh catching. And Abraham Toro playing third and hitting last. So France in the cleanup spot over Lewis? I think to start the season, I think they're going to try and soft land Kyle Lewis mm-hmm. coming off of yet another injury, and um, I think they're going to try and slow play him coming in, okay. which could also lead to him playing DH and them going with uh, Jake Fraley in the outfield. Mm-hmm. That'd be an option. I'm still curious to see what happens with Taylor Trammell because he's kind of one of those high prospects who's been up and down and had some struggles, and then... The obvious question, how long does it take for Julio to come up? Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Got Good. Oh, and Evan White's also the big question mark, too. Oh, right. Because he's I actually got a long-term like, deal. Is and he actually <laughs> right? even going to be a thing? That's that's. I feel like he's <laughs> going to be known as one of the biggest mistakes that they yeah. made, giving him an early long-term deal, and then he just doesn't pan out. Yeah. Was it? Is it? Is it a long-term deal that will be costly? I mean, kind of, but not. Okay. it wasn't like a mega deal or anything. Okay. It was just costly for what he was. Like someone who's never yeah. been in the pros and they're giving him a multi-million dollar deal. It's weird. Is it bad that I forgot he exists? <laughs> no, because Ty France not only came in and hit way better, but he also wasn't... Like everybody was like, oh, Evan White, we're going to miss his defense. And then Ty France played gold level, gold glove level first base. <laughs> It's first base, though. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not hard. Ty France was a bad third baseman and second baseman. Mm-hmm. And then he goes over to first and plays gold glove level first base. Compared to the rest of the infield, it's not hard. I yeah. mean, I 
I'm not saying it's hard. I am saying I don't want to see somebody playing bad playing there, though. True. I guess that's what I'm saying. You've seen it like, in the past, but it's you'd be surprised. It, I think it's because it's not hard, though. Yeah. That's how I feel. Like it's I I don't want any excuses made for the first baseman. Yeah. That I can see that. Well, let's very briefly talk about March Madness because we Because I've talked holy crap, it's six o'clock. Yeah, so we're gonna wrap this up in the next thirteen minutes here. So we're um there's not enough yeah, time sorry. between when the bracket was revealed and now for me to have strong intelligent opinions on a lot of things. Do you usually? I have strong opinions. <laughs> if you only go with strong opinions, they don't have to be intelligent opinions. Sorry. Couple things. One is the Pac-12 got three teams into this thing. Do you think that's too many? I think it's shockingly low. Okay, I was going to say. I was like, It's the amount real- of teams that they deserved to get in. There was only three Pac-12 teams wow. worthy. But that is... And I'm looking at... Especially the, after what they did last year. Yeah, and they had conference. five last year. Yeah. And I'm looking at the ACC, and I'm, the ACC has five this year, which is a really low number for them. And I'm like, dang, five teams. And then the Pac-12... Three! That's insane. They do have good teams. I mean, mean, Arizona's on the one line. Um, UCLA, I think, is a four. And USC's a seven. And USC's a seven. So, I mean, they've got teams that can compete. I'm a little surprised Oregon didn't make it in. You know, because they kind of got the name value to go along with it. I mean, I know they weren't... I haven't analyzed all this really closely, but you know what happens in these selections is like the, the... Tournament committee looks at a conference and they're like, "Matt, your conference sucks. So if anybody's close, sorry, you're not getting in." Yeah. Like this kind of happened in the ACC with Wake Forest because I mean, Wake Colorado was, was 21 and 11 and Oregon was 19 and 14 and didn't get in. Yeah, it's a little rough, right? Yeah, I mean, especially to me after what the Pac-12 did last year. So are you saying that Oregon was snubbed? Because that's a really interesting position for you. Just. It's just an interesting point to me. Yeah, it's yeah. just interesting. Yeah. But this is kind of the same thing that happened in the ACC with <laughs> Wake Forest. It, Wake Forest was one of the five best teams in the ACC all year. Yeah. They kicked the crap out of North Carolina when they played against each other. Yeah. But what and team hasn't? They lost. They lost. <laughs> they suffered an early exit in the ACC tournament. And then all of a sudden they went from being what looked like an obvious tournament team to all of a sudden, not only do you not make the tournament, you're not even in the first four out. Yeah. So... I think that's kind of a side effect of it. Like they, the, they look at these conferences and they're like, they just decide, no, your conference sucks. So if there's anybody that's borderline, you're not getting in. What do you think about? I'm going to ask you about a couple of your because you know college basketball way more than me. What do you think about Oklahoma not getting in and Michigan getting in? I think the Michigan one is really interesting because like Michigan went. 17 and 14. Well, the Big Ten's the best conference, and so that's where like they had not only did they play in the best conference, I think the Big Ten got ni- nine teams in, I think. Let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight? Eight? Okay, so they got a bunch well, of teams. Well, did Indiana make it in, too? I'm uh, not sure. Because Indiana went 20 and 13 on the year, but they had a 9 and 11 conference record. I don't see Indiana. On here, but I couldn't find Boise State earlier either. <laughs> and the way I, I just want to emphasize for people, like I 
watched the selection show. We went almost immediately into recording, and yeah. I missed the first 15 minutes of the selection show because I couldn't get my phone. I missed the whole first region of the bracket because I couldn't get my phone to cast the thing to the TV. So I'm less informed on this than I should be. I do think the Michigan one is really interesting because they had a really difficult conference schedule. They also um, scheduled a very, very difficult out-of-conference schedule, and they had good quality wins on their record. North Carolina um, whooped up on Michigan, but Michigan also had other really good victories, and they also had the thing with Jawan Howard where he got suspended for five games, and they didn't perform particularly well while he was suspended. So I think sometimes they look at the team, they look at, the potential of the team. Like it's, it's the same as if a player is injured. Like if you have a player that misses a chunk of the season and you don't play very well, but you know, he's coming back. Like you might get a better seed because of that. I wonder if there was like a, Hey, your coach is back bump for Michigan. But then shouldn't Baylor get knocked a little bit because Hey, your best players hurt. You would think so. Yeah. What do you think about Dayton not getting in? I'm just really bummed for Dayton because (laughs) just going back a couple years ago. Man, when that tournament got canceled in 2020, I was ready to pick them as my national champion. Yeah. That Dayton team with Obi Toppin, it was like going to be the the pinnacle of Dayton basketball and now we're back to this like you're a bubble team. Yep. And that stinks for Dayton. It really does. Uh since you're most in tune with North Carolina, yeah. <laughs> do you think they have a shot of beating Baylor in the I, second round? If I think they beat Marquette that North Carolina could beat any team in this tournament on any given day if they play two full halves of engaged basketball. But you also think that they could probably lose to any They team. lost to damn Pittsburgh! <laughs> at home! In a crucial spot of the schedule! They're incredibly frustrating! They also... <laughs> They have, at various times throughout the year, lost a couple different players. One is believed to be an academic thing, and then the other one player suffered a lot of family hardship and left. So they are now down to basically a six-man rotation, which can be stretched to eight, but by the time you get to the eighth guy, it's a little nerve-wracking having him on the floor. So I worry about their depth when they play against good teams, especially teams that like to run. Okay. Couple I have more a things. Oh. Oh, do we have a chance to see a Duke UNC rematch? Yeah. Is the, it the, like is that at all likely? It, I mean, likely I would say no, but it would be in the final it's four. Possible. Oh, okay, so it wouldn't be all the way. Okay, I I just was curious about that. We almost that would, had that one. That would be a fun game. We almost <laughs> had one in the ACC championship game, but North Carolina got dominated by Virginia Tech in the ACC semifinal. Uh, another question here. A, two-part question. Yeah, this is the local thing. How far do you think Gonzaga will go? Mm -hmm. And does Boise State have a chance to knock them off if they just play Sam Winter a lot in that game? Uh, Boy, I would be... I will be over the moon if Sam gets on the floor. Right. In one of these games. Like, and I'm I'm repping right now. I got my Sam Winter jersey on. Well, t-shirt. You couldn't spring for the real jersey. Wow, they only had this. This was all they had. Sorry, okay. So, (laughs) sorry, my bad, my bad. So Sam, (laughs) Sam is like one of the most rootable for 
players in the world. I thought you were going to say he was a lovely person. He's a lovely person. (laughs) Sam is a lovely person, and he's so easy to root for. Yes. Yes. And I, you just, I want all the good things to happen for him. So I'll be so excited. I don't, I wouldn't pick anybody to beat Gonzaga in the second round, whether it's Memphis or Boise State. Although the Memphis thing is interesting because they do have, that. that is a team with a lot of very highly rated prospects. It's kind of a, I feel like it's a tough matchup for Boise State in the first round because I think that Memphis team has a lot of potential. Um, I think Gonzaga is the best team in the country. And I think like what Andrew's rooting for is absolute <laughs> chaos. And I think this year is set up perfect for absolute chaos because all the best teams in the country won or lost at least a few games. Mm-hmm. There's no clear. You're the best. You're the best two or you're the best three. And like top to bottom, there is a tremendous amount of possibility for a ton of upsets in this tournament. And now that I've said that out loud, it's going to be the chalkiest NCAA tournament in recent memory. I think Gonzaga has the potential to go all the way to the national championship game and lose. No. That wasn't very nice. All right. Enough of the bracket. We'll have more next week. Yeah, as we're well. going to do also, a bracket challenge. Also, we have a bracket challenge. I have already set it up and I Let's have already go. shared it from yes. our Facebook page. We haven't decided what the prize is because I didn't remember it until literally today. Last year, we <laughs> gave away a $100 prize pack. The winner, um, Brant, was the winner of our um, tournament bracket challenge last year and he chose the Huskies. So he got $100 worth of Husky gear that we chose and sent to him. Oh, that was gross. So we'll do some kind <laughs> of a, we will do some kind of a prize uh, yet to be determined, but we'll come up with something good. And then all you have to do is join, free to join. Compete against us. When I posted it on my personal pa- Facebook page, I thought I posted, "Do you think you're smarter than me?" <laughs> of course you do, and that was my way of trying to entice people to join. So join. There will be a prize, um, and it'll be a lot of fun just seeing how we all, you all, can stack up against the great basketball mind of Andrew Gross. <laughs> and we also will have yes. to have come up with a punishment of who will have to, yeah, between the two of us who lose, yeah. Yeah. Are we going to do TikTok dances to a thousand likes? I'm, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. I think we've pretty to much settled infinity. on it. And Andrew's so happy about this because this is a it's a punishment he doesn't have to be a part of. Yeah. Because he's a, he's abstaining from being a part of a basketball related competition. Yeah. Which I think we'll is I think it's a little weak, but that's fine. Um Andrew will not have to be a part of the TikTok uh dances to 100 likes competition. That'll just be between me and Daniel. Yep. That's um, going to be interesting. Nobody so, wants to see me dance. We got Nobody just, wants to see any of us dance, Andrew. <laughs> that is an irrelevant statement. A couple of little... Speak for yourself. A couple of <laughs> little things that we're going to do in the mailbag in about two minutes. Um, but real quick, stick with us. Commercial break. At Olipen Real Estate, we have solidified our foundation on four core values. First, we continuously focus on growing our knowledge in the market and in our practices to bring the highest level of competency to our clients. Second, we provide a high level of integrity, compassion, and kindness in every aspect of our business. Third, we put the human element above business through humor, enthusiasm, and patience. And last but not least, we proactively respond to the needs of our clients. Our mission is to create a personal real estate experience, one person and one home at a time. With Olipin, 
it's personal. Thank you again to our sponsors, Oli Penn Real Estate and the Law Office of Jeffrey A. Damashevitz. Like and subscribe, subscribe and like. All the places, subscribe. And, and like. review. And uh, eh. rate, review. Only if it's good. Rate, review, but don't don't give us four stars or low. Five stars only, please. Yes. I mean, come on. I mean, if you want to say something bad to us, say it to us, but just don't say it in the review. Tweet yeah. mean things at me all you want. Email us, thescrimmage at gmail.com. Yep. On Twitter, we are at scrimmage. Yep. Give us fine. five stars and say mean things about Justin. On Facebook. Yes. That's fine. I feel like Francis. As long as you give us that. five stars, I don't care. Yeah. And uh, on Facebook, you can find us at The Scrimmage. And then on Instagram, we are at The Scrimmage GH. Yeah, we had to throw that GH on there. Yeah, because The Scrimmage was taken by some fools. 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 Now it's time. Ow. Sorry. The mailbag. Yes, Send the mailbag. stuff. Send us your stuff in a mailbag. First question from Francis. Shocker. Who is the MDH going to be? I don't know. You know he measures a team's relevance by how good their DH is. DH in both leagues now, too. Yes, both leagues going with the DH. So will the baseball writers finally hop onto that bandwagon? We shall see. Mariners DH will depend on if they can land... A big bat, I would say, and one, maybe two. Um, maybe they should just go with me as their DH because those are my initials. <laughs> do we do we know who the M's closer is going to be? Uh, you know what? Actually, doesn't probably going to be. It's a really irrelevant position. Oh, and in I see, addition to it being an irrelevant position, I see what you did there, Mariano Rivera, most yeah. overrated player in the history of all sports. I, I was a bit slow on that one. Well, well done. Well done. Uh, also, if Russ is available as a second baseman slash shortstop, would you welcome him back? I think that was targeted at Daniel. Yeah. Uh, no, because he like went to the Yankees. Like for our rec softball team? He went, yeah, I'd take him as our rec softball team. <laughs> Dude could probably hit some dingers. Right. It would involve a trade with the Yankees, and, and that's not a good idea. Well, is that what you're saying? No, I'm saying he chose, he forced his way to the Yankees from Texas, I think. So oh, yeah. he's shown that he has poor judgment when it comes to wanting to be traded from good it's situations. It's like when a big recruit chooses Duke over like 12 other options. Yeah. It's <laughs> like gross. at least that you know that they're kind of a bad person. Yeah. Or Oregon. He just yeah. said on YouTube Kentucky exactly. is in that region. Baylor, UNC talk is irrelevant. I'm done. Mean stuff on its way. <laughs> <laughs> So last thing, last thing we need to address. Okay. Um, do you guys want to do a March Madness bracket with Twitter polls like we did before with sitcoms? I am willing to put the work into it if we want to do it. If you're willing to put the work in, then I'm willing to say yes. Okay, so <laughs> so we got to decide what it is. My my wife threw in a couple of different uh, topics. Yeah. She said uh, maybe like car brand. Okay. That could be, I, I think that. A lot of people are passionate about seed. that, but it'd be tough to seed. Yeah. Well, but, the, what we know about seeding is I will not confer with anyone, and I will decide <laughs> seeds unilaterally. Yes. <laughs> so it right now, makes sense. Some of the topics you said: superheroes, sports movies, chips, cereal, soda, fast food restaurants, food candy, consumables. Yeah, lots of consumables. <laughs> um, like superheroes. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what about sports? Like, like, like uh, are there Olympic sports? Oh, I see. Yeah. 
Like, what's the best Olympic sport? And that, I don't feel that like might people, actually work because football is not in. The you Olympics. could have two the two sides of the bracket could be winter Olympic sports and uh, summer Olympic sports. I don't feel like people are passionate enough about those. Like the things you want with these brackets are things that people are passionate about. Like this is the yeah. best. How could anybody? So maybe it's a little late. They were passionate about it a few weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So. If I'm being honest, the one that grabs me the most, and I think the one that would ultimately be the most difficult, is sports movies. It'd be tough. It'd be really hard to seed it and organize it, but I think it might be the one... I mean, some of these are easy, like chips. Chips is easy. Like, I could come up with a bracket in yeah. 15 minutes for yeah. chips. Yep. Soda, I won't be the best at seeding, because I don't really care for soda Neither that do I. much. Yeah. Um, fast food restaurants. Fast food restaurants could be a good one too. Yeah, I feel like lots of people are passionate about which fast food restaurant they love. It's true. And would we stick it or stick it? Would we <laughs> stick it? <laughs> <laughs> would we stick with like chains or would we throw in some locals too? Yeah, the local would have to be at least a region. That's a good point. We could do if we had four regions. One of them could be the best local places. We I feel like I feel like we've done that before a little bit. Yeah, well, we've talked about it a lot, and, and then people disagree with <laughs> we me. We just on like it, burgers, and then I get angry, and that's perfect. We want things that we'll disagree with on. You were scientifically proven to be correct about all that stuff about the local burgers. Though. I thought so. Yeah, yeah. It's Did inarguable. Ever, is that still just we? We have a whole burger review. Yeah, I will say that one of the places we did with that as improved since then oh so Which i give him another we need another to, chance here's the problem with that whole thing we did that right at, like right when i feel like there's a lot of supply shortage too which might have affected one of them but here's the problem that's me being generous <laughs> yeah the problem is at this point we can't really do it because it was like a couple years ago now yeah. so like all this I stuff could have changed you know like the secondly only thing we can do is do it all again and then use those as like baseline like, as let's yeah. not forget that that I, whole thing. I was, need more burgers. Let's not forget that that whole thing was my idea, and I knew I could get you guys to buy into it. And we <laughs> ate a bunch of burgers together and had a good time. Yeah. And Basically, what again. we did was is we used the the little scrimmage funds we had to buy a crap ton of burgers, so that me, you, Andrew, and Sean could eat burgers and judge them. It was really fun. Though. We so need to good. have him on for uh, Mariners now that baseball's on. Yes, we do. Yeah. 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 That's a good idea. Uh, so what are we thinking? Are we going sports movies to make it hard on Justin? Producer, what, what do you is think? the seed? What seed would Gus be if Gus? we did sports movies? What is Gus? Isn't that the like? No, we're not doing kick- sports movies. Is that the kicking yeah, that's horse? The kicking mule. <laughs> mule. With, that, it's like a Don movie Knox. from like it's a movie from like the fifties or something like that. It would yeah. not be in the bracket. Yeah. God, and are we thinking out. like sixteen? 32 I so the the way it happened last time with the sitcom bracket was I started with I'm gonna do a 16 show bracket and then I realized there was way too much and I had to expand it to 32 (laughs) so probably what will happen is I'll think I'm gonna start with 16 sports movies and then I'll realize there's way more and it'll probably be expanded to 32 like air bud there's nothing in the rules that says a dog can't play (laughs) basketball are we producer? What do you think we should do? Fast food restaurants or sports movies? I say sports movies are good. Okay, let's do it. All right, sports movies. Sports movies. If you got opinions, but if you send want them us to, me. to eat a lot of burgers, just tell us and we will. No, yeah. we need to do that. 
I might just do it anyway. We uh, definitely need to do I'm that. I'm hungry. I haven't eaten today. I'm so If there's hungry. a sports movie that anybody really wants to make sure it's in this bracket. Yes, let us know. Let us know. Gus. Email. The replacement. You have to watch Underrated. each one before you can see it. <laughs> I hate movies from before I was born. I'm now watching something starring Don Knotts and a donkey. <laughs> It's such a good movie. We need to watch it. Oh, that's going to do it for our show today. It's been a long one, but I feel like it's been a good one because I got to talk a lot. <laughs> so for my co-host, Justin, the biggest Virginia Hokey, Virginia Tech Hokie fan I know, Damashevitz. And my co-host, Bubby. <laughs> and our trusty producer, Andrew, trade DK now. Gross. You've been listening to the scrimmage. That makes me sad. Bubby is Daniel Hargrove. That's me. When I was a kid. Bubby. Bubby. Ah, no. Bubby. <laughs> <laughs>